Blog Talk Radio. You are now tuned into Kings of Non Sequitur. Any topic, any subject, anything goes. With your host, Jay and Trey. Yes, it has been quite a long time, but we are here cracking a mic and talking to y'all live. You are listening, of course, live to Kings of Non Sequitur, the off-season version of In Much Less Detail, the podcast, although there's no sports being played, so everything is technically off-season right now, but here we are anyway. Here with you live on a Saturday night, June the 6th, 2020. I'm Dre, he's Jay, and since there's no sports at all still due to the pandemic, we have absolutely nothing to talk about. There, there's nothing going on in the world, Jason. There, there's nothing happening. So, so what do we do now? Good night, folks. Ah, see ya. We're, we're done. <laughs> we're we're out of here. <laughs> if we had actually just stopped the show right there and left, that probably would have been the most epic troll show of all time. Two minutes, <laughs> just or leave. just left, or just left dead air for the hour and a half that you have the show for. <laughs> oh my god! Can you imagine people downloading the show? All right, an hour and a half. I haven't heard from these guys in a month. What are they going to talk about? <laughs> yeah, because well, yeah, I'm sure there's going to be some 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 takes. I'm sure. We, I mean, there's opinions and a lot of things going on. Um, Boy, two weeks ago seems like forever. Last time I uh, had asked you if you wanted to have a show, and it turned out you had the uh, well, you didn't have, but was it you who worked with someone who got the corona? Yeah, one of, one of us knows uh, firsthand what that test is all about. That you you may have seen oh, the you got the thing shoved up your nose. You may have seen the footage of the the nasal swab and how incredibly Bayonet. uncomfortable it looks. And uh, yeah, I can I can testify to it uh, firsthand. Yeah, uh, so that's uh, that's thankfully a, a quick story. Uh, so yeah, we were going to do the show last weekend, last two Saturday. Weeks ago, right? Was it last week or two weeks ago? It was last Saturday. Okay, we it was last about, Saturday. We talked about doing a show as far back as two or three weeks ago. Yes. But we have finally settled on last Saturday. Right. And then last. Friday, right before, the day before, uh, all kinds of hell broke loose where I am uh, at my job. So basically uh, a person who, um, I tell you what, if there was a, a, a vote at my job for the person that would be the first to, to, to catch the, 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 the goop, this person would be, because she's she's got a messy sort of personal life. Like oh, she's got, okay. Yeah, she's got kids, uh, adult kids that come in and out of the house that go out and, and go wilding and okay. bring all sorts of stuff back and bring boyfriends that you you never seen before and girlfriends and everything else and uh, yeah, without mentioning names, yeah, she's uh, and she's always sick. Also, the person okay. uh, is just constantly in and out of the hospital, always in pain, always coughing and whatnot, and. Uh, and, and I was really concerned when when we were told that that she uh, contracted the coronavirus because she sits close to me at my job, uh, not right exactly next to me. Our little half cubicles are. Uh, if she did sit right next to me, it would be 
pushing up close to about six feet apart, but she sits at okay. the desk. Ma- she sits at she she's one desk over from that, so she's you know more like twelve feet away. So she's not right next to me, but when she when she goes back and forth and and passes by me, uh, there's a lot of wheezing, there's a lot of blowing of air, and uh, that's not fun for any of us. Believe me. Um, uh, am I joined by somebody else? No. Oh, uh, I, you were hearing you were hearing some of the commotion downstairs. Um, oh, okay. The kid. See now the uh, school's over, so yeah, well, yeah, quote unquote, you know, air quotes, school uh, is over, and the kids are just uh, putting up their usual making noise before going to bed ruckus. So you're hearing that downstairs. No, we don't have anybody on the show. I, I okay. especially told my daughter tonight. I told the cute factor that we needed to keep this. Although this is probably the night we could use a little cute factor. Um, <laughs> Wasn't sure what the language was going to be like tonight, so could always use told Trini. Told I know I, I told Trini. I said, uh, "Why don't you sit this one out?" <laughs> Wasn't sure um, how how colorful the language from either one of us might get tonight. Yeah, that, that that's a good call. That, that's a very good Thank call. You. Thank you. I'm you know um, I'm, I'm an <laughs> island in a sea of chaos. <laughs> and you have to be extra vigilant to protect her from the the type of things and, and ideas that might come out of my mouth right now because yeah <laughs> as I was saying um, so this person uh, expends a lot of air and a lot of energy going back and forth past me and, and just every time she makes an effort to go past it <sighs> so and yeah so uh, I'm <laughs> you work with so... Rudy Gobert? I never knew <laughs> pretty much uh, and I'm and I'm doing yeah, uh, the Spider Mitchell impersonation. It's a three month old joke. I'm sorry, but we're not we're not we don't have a daily show. We're, we we can't get those jokes right. out in a timely fashion. If you're here for timely didn't you jokes, know if it didn't happen within the last 24 to 48 hours, it's old news. Well, to some people, just just the just people. ask the COVID 19. <laughs> I can't believe it was up 28 to three. And lost to racism. How did that happen? That is not my original joke. I wish it was. Oh, my God. That was so good. Uh, I, I, I hope you're the one who came up with the goop, because I've totally stolen that from you. <laughs> yes. Um, well, that's not a, 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 a that's not completely original. Um, I think I, I, that might have been Terry Bores and uh, the sports oh. talk show. Sports talk calls in Chicago might have been the first person uh, that I heard referred to, like, uh, a cold or the flu or any kind of illnesses. I got the goop. Um, so that's okay. where I got that from. It seems uh, it seems relevant here. Yeah, yeah, because that's what it, it seems like you feel like if you catch the coronavirus. You feel like you you got the goop, like got all this goop in you. Um, so this person going up and down the aisles and blowing on everybody, um, and then goes into the hospital again, and then a couple of days later we get the news at our job that she uh, called in and said that she uh, tested positive. And so all of us are uh, rightfully concerned and, and not a yeah. very fun couple of days uh, uh, at our job. So what happened was my wife, who is already a germaphobe, already scared to death of COVID-19, and rightfully so, um, she's doing everything she can to stay indoors at all times. She's able to work from home, luckily, although that's about to change for her. I believe they're about to go back after the uh, July the 4th holiday. But she's in all the time, doesn't really go out, doesn't really 
do anything to to confront uh the coronavirus except live with me who's going out every single day in this shit because I have to because I'm quote unquote essential because I'm a because I work for a bank. <laughs> yeah, um, I, so, I I went through that with my wife. I was home and she works at the bank. She was working. Yeah. Yep, so we're both uh, I mean I am I am uh, since back to work, but Oh good. I, I was going to ask uh, uh I I've been your... back to work since the 17th of May. Oh, okay. They opened y'all back up quickly. Okay. Oh, no, no, because no. you saw what you saw what went down in Wisconsin, right? Supreme yeah. Court threw the whole thing out on the 13th, and that night people were all out in the bars. <laughs> right. Uh, I was not one of them. Um, <laughs> next day was my wedding anniversary, go figure, uh, which mm. we had a lovely dinner at our dining room table. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, three days later, I was back at work. I've been back at work, so I have been back at work now three full weeks now. Okay, so uh, and I'm assuming not that much uh, as far as uh, business. Not not that many people. Oh, you'd be surprised. Actually, we've been oh, really oh. busy. Now, it, okay. So I work in a retail setting, a sales setting, and I will say that our traffic, like we're not seeing as many people coming right. in, but the people who are coming in have a reason to be there, and I'll take that over what okay. we have deemed over the many years quote-unquote stroke traffic, which is <laughs> the strokers. Um, I will take, yeah, I'll take people with some urgency and some intent over the the people who give you the Heisman as soon as they walk in. <laughs> nope, I'm just looking. I'm, I'm good. Oh, yeah. Thank they you. literally will make, yeah, you just imagine the Heisman pose. That's what you mm-hmm. get during normal times. So it's slowly starting to go back to that. But, yeah, the first two weeks through that Memorial Day weekend that we were back working, that was really good. Um, and now it's starting to slowly get back in. Well, it's June. It was 75 and sunny here today. It's going to be right. 75 and sunny again tomorrow. Thank God I took the day off. My, um, but, yeah, I mean, so, yeah, you would think automatically, you know, it's not going to be busy. I happen to live in a part of the country that has been not all that affected by the coronavirus. Uh, I believe our infection rate here in the county that I live in, when I looked it up, was point zero 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 four percent It's a lot of zeros. It's a lot of zeros. So, yeah, no, and I believe uh, the death uh, rate is obviously much less than that because I think we've had three. in this Out of 135,000 people, we've had three. Yeah, that's quite amazing. And, yeah, and then in the county where I work, because I travel for work, it's even less. So we are isolated here. We're isolated from a lot of things, let's just say. <laughs> um, you know, certain metropolitan area you and I grew up in, not too, not too unhappy not to be there right now. Yeah, I can't imagine what poor Chicago has been going I, I, through. It hurts, uh, it hurts me. It hurts me to yeah. think about what 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 happens in in my hometown. Uh, not just now, but just daily, you know. Mm-hmm. So and poor New York before that, uh, man. So it's, it's, yeah. it's been awful to, to watch and keep up with that from a distance. And I, of course we both have loved ones still up there uh, dealing mm-hmm. with it and, and fighting with it. I, I do know uh, a couple of people that have unfortunately been directly affected. Uh, no uh, deaths that I'm aware of, but definitely some, some sickness and battling sure. uh, the, the COVID-19. So uh, 
shout out to them. Best of uh, best of luck and, and keep fighting and uh, keep staying strong. And I've I've got you know medical uh, people as well. I got family members that are uh, nurses. Uh, several, a couple sure. uh, people that are dealing with this uh, fighting uh, in the hospitals and actually going through the. I can't now that I really cannot imagine uh, suiting up and going into the battlefield, going into the hospitals where that virus is just raging yeah. and, and screaming at you every day when you go in and you just have to put your head down and go in and do it because no one else is, is going to, you're the one that's your job. Right. You have to go fight it. And, so I wanted to add that obviously we're, we're Kings of Don sequitur, so we can take the, I know definitely you're spread all the way off. I yeah, know your mid story, but I have to ask you a question because it's relevant to both things that have happened where we went, where we, you know, so what is your feeling? I have my feeling. My feeling might not be uh, – it has nothing to do so much with the protests. It has a lot more to do with the COVID. Um, but what is your feeling about the just, like, absolute 180 that happened overnight from, like, lockdown and you can't go anywhere, no weddings, no funerals, no sports, no, to 50,000 people out in the street? Overnight. Uh, there's a – well, it was not overnight. There's a couple of steps that were skipped in, in between there. There were uh, thousands and thousands of uh, Beckys and, and Kins and Barbies uh, that were out in the street with uh, some of them with automatic weapons demanding that <laughs> openings start happening. And that certainly sped right. things along. It wasn't like people were completely locked down and then the protest started and then right. everything was open. But those people uh, were killing your grandmothers. Right, they were. Fine I have not with, heard. Uh, I, I I have not heard anybody currently out in the street being accused of <laughs> of uh, flattening the curve. Uh, you know mm-hmm. any of that? That's why I'm just. It's yeah. I mean, obviously, I'm aware of the timeline because I was aware because I was in Wisconsin. We didn't have the the protesters like Michigan had, where they all showed up with guns. Yeah, but we had multiple thousands of people show up in Madison um, to protest Evers for shutting everything down. We had a pretty, you know, we had a pretty strict lockdown like a lot of States had. And the entire media narrative was, you know, these people are reckless. They're going to get everybody killed. Uh, you know, huge spike. We never had a spike just, just so you're aware. Um, and, and it was just tracking like, Oh, here's how many cases we've had since that date. I mean, you literally couldn't do it. You couldn't vote. You couldn't do anything. And, and here we are today where the same, and where I find it hypocritical is where the same politicians who were telling everybody to stay at home, de Blasio, Lightfoot, all these mayors, stay at home. We're going to lock you up, right? Don't go out of your house. Don't go jogging. Don't go to the lake. Don't go to the beach. All those Lori Lightfoot memes that being the tough badass have sort of gone away, right? Nobody's paying too much attention to that anymore. No more Lori Lightfoot's a badass for keeping you locked up when she's out there and all these mayors are like, oh, we stand with the protesters now and light it up. So I find it hypocritical. And that, this isn't to diminish the protests. Yeah, and none of this I don't want you to take away from this is I've got a problem with the protests or I've got a problem with the people being out. I have a problem with the lockdown because if you, you can't go 180 in the matter of a couple of weeks from we're going to lock you up for we're going to lock up barbers for giving people a haircut to, yeah, everybody just go out in the street and let's have 50,000 people in Philadelphia and 20,000 people in D.C. It's OK now. 
So, well, my take is that history will look back on the lockdown phase of this as like Iraq war level, like lunacy. Like it's like the biggest fraud ever perpetuated on the American people since the Iraq war. It's that bad because where's the spike? Because That's, what you and I would think with all the COVID stuff going on is like, what, so were we just two weeks away from the COVID bomb and all getting locked up again? Or what? <laughs> well, yeah, but it could we're happen. not talking about could that right, right now. We're doing a show in two weeks. <laughs> and the whole country's racked with coronavirus. So that would not be good. Or if it doesn't happen, then I look like a prophet. Well, I... Definitely disagree with that. It was uh, any kind of fraud to try to lock down and, and keep the, the numbers down and keep the curve down. Uh, and, and the experts were saying that it was going to look like a fraud if it was successful because the numbers wouldn't be spiking. The, 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 uh, the COVID-19 would be flattening out, and therefore people could, if they wanted to, if that was their agenda, look back and go, see, it wasn't that bad. See, there wasn't that many deaths. That's what it's supposed to do. When, when you have that kind of lockdown and flattening out, there's a, it's, it's not right next door to lockdown and then protest. There is a lot of time that's in between there. There's several weeks in between everything was being locked down and the, these protests starting. These protests are basically within the last what week and a half, 10 days, uh, 10 days. Yeah. A couple, couple weekends ago. Yeah. So this is, uh, but this is going on while States and cities are not open. There are some of these places that were hard hit that had not yet moved into their more advanced phases. But there were a lot of places that were trying they to were, claim, yeah, we're we're open back, we're good, we're we're at, we're yeah. absolutely. There were places, there were places that were, good. yeah, there were definitely places that were loosening up. Um, but well, not every place. I, I don't think it's were, just one of these like. I don't think it's one of these like oh, coronavirus had run its course and it was it was in its waning moments because the numbers just don't support that. The numbers are still there's still twenty to twenty five thousand people uh, new cases every day. It's not at the peak, but that's still a lot. And yeah. it's just yeah, I, I find the narrative it's it's all it's all political. It's more in the messaging. It's in the media. It's in like we have immediately shifted from you're killing your grandma to, you know, get out there in the streets. And there's nothing wrong with the second part of that because, you know, there is, the change is necessary. People are doing what's in their heart to get out, but to justify it. And I've seen so much, like, mental gymnastics from people, especially in the Twitter mob, that are talking about, like, well, you know, the racism is the virus and we'll risk our lives. Whoa, 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 people. What I'm trying to say is, you are, we were getting to the point where people were starting to realize they didn't need to be locked down <laughs> anymore. And we didn't need to lose 40 million jobs and, you know, that, that didn't need to happen, which is also convenient that we have 40 million people not working at the moment of a national protest. No yeah, sports. Definitely a lot of people with no, time no on sports, their hands. No sports, no entertainment. Sure. A lot of people on free time on their hands. The ultimate irony is the, of this is most of the, you know, uh, I'm sure you've heard the conspiracy theory about like who's paying these people. I'm going to tell you a secret. You know who's paying these people? Unemployment. The government is paying these people <laughs> because they've all been put out of work. 
some of so, them. That, that's that's true. Some of them have. It's a mess. I, I just just where I had the problem is like where you have the mayors and the governors who were so like rigid and you can't do this and you can't do that and you you can't go anywhere we're we're closing everything down who are immediately like whoa 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 everybody just let's just the floodgates and now they stand with the protesters of course they do but you don't have that fast of a change and this is part of our twitter mob 24-hour news cycle mentality that we conveniently forget about all the things that happened even 72 or you know, 96 hours ago or two weeks ago, like, it's like, it's like, no, this changed and this changed pretty quick from you're going to kill everybody to kumbaya, let's all get out in the street. Well, and if I, people are all out there and coronavirus is not checked and it's being encouraged now for people to get out there and all be in these huge mobs and we get the, this, this massive second spike, that's even more nefarious. Uh, I would want to uh, also be critical if that were uh, if it did happen exactly like that, uh, where it was uh, everybody's on lockdown except now we're gonna protest uh, police brutality. So now everybody get out there. If it really did go that linear, then I would also have a big problem with that. Of course, it didn't go that linear, uh, and also it is still out there. There still is a big threat of coronavirus out there. And that's political as well to not talk about that because we have this movement going right now. We have coronavirus and possible spreading and give that too much oxygen because that might take away from the movement. And the movement is the story. And you want to keep the story going because that sells newspapers and that keeps you tuned in to CNN and Fox News and all these other things. It oh, keeps you going to Twitter. Not me. <laughs> not me. <laughs> Well, a lot of people. I, I can't. I can't handle any of them. I can't handle Fox News or CNN or MSNBC. I can't handle them. I can't handle them. But but that's why they're doing it. That's why they they keep the those those narratives going. Um, the numbers are spiking. The numbers are going up because this wasn't completely tamped down and under control before the uh, before the protests started. But that's incidental to me because again politically, uh, states are opening up anyway before the protest started because they, because it was time because the, the idiot in Washington said it's time. And because we got to start getting tough and, and start opening things up and, and worry about the economy and not care so much about lives because uh, everybody dies. Uh, so they were starting to follow that lead anyway and, and started to open things up, even though they weren't supposed to, they really uh, were supposed to wait for uh, the, I believe the experts saying two weeks of decline or uh, two, uh, I'm sorry, yeah, two weeks uh, every day for two weeks of declining, uh, positive cases uh, until uh, things should open back up. That was the recommendation. Uh, and a lot of states, and, and Tennessee was one of them with, with our governor, who's not very bright either, uh, they're yeah. basically, basically ignoring that, uh, the, the advice of the experts and going with the, the, the sort of the mob mentality of, oh, my God, we have to get haircuts. We have to start opening things up now. Um, we're, we're not going by that, by the way, my, my wife and I. We're not going out still. We're, we're Staying in and and you know all y'all can go and and do what you want to do, but we're gonna be uh, we're gonna hang out at home a little a little while longer. Thank you. Uh, yeah, I just I, I I've been watching. Obviously, I'm watching. I'm all you know. I'm a big picture kind of guy, right? So I'm watching, and and this is just what I see because you see it with the media. You you just see you've seen the turn, you know. And I'm all you know how critical I am of media. Um, 
and messaging, right? I mean, the, the very title of our show is a dig at the messaging, right? Um, you can't be a you can't be a corporation right now. I believe there's a there might be a template for all these companies putting out their uh, heartfelt messages where it's the black background with the white letters with their logo on it, talking about how much they're all for change. Every company no, has one of those statements out, and it's this is almost it's just like, ugh. it's just, it, I, I know it gets under my skin. I can't even imagine what it does uh, to you. I, I could go on for forever about that. Uh, all I'll say is any statement addressing the protests that does not mention police reform right. is a complete bullshit statement. Anything, there's, there's nothing else you need to say. Right. This, this protest is happening because there needs to be police reform. Police are yes. running crazy and need to be reformed, and, and this needs to be stopped. Right. And there's a lot of Any, that's even just that conversation has so many layers. Yeah, there's nothing uh, simple about it. It's it's, it's all no, very it's, complicated. It, that is that is not a that is not even that even beyond the racial element of that 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 goes to the militarization, you know, of the police. Like uh, you and I grew up in Chicago. I don't remember the, the the cops with tanks. Yeah, I remember that somewhere else in the world, but uh, but not in America. Not not the United States. Yeah, now we are Tiananmen Square. Right. You know, and that didn't just happen. It's not a. This isn't like a Trump thing either. I'm not going. I'm not going to say, oh, oh, Trump mil. No, Trump did not militarize the police. He's using the tools available to him, but he was definitely handed the keys to the car. And uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's. It, there's a whole lot of layers, and I think also that we're finding out that this whole issue of police brutality, um. And where you're starting to see this with the protests is if you see enough of these videos, they're not just beating up black people now. They're beating up everybody. They're not just beating up everybody. They know cameras are on them, and they're doing yes. it anyway. <laughs> just doing it. I mean, it's just like it they're looking matter. right at kids, the cameras. They're macing kids. They're 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 pushing old dudes over. Like they're 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 beating people up. Uh, I, I still want to know. I don't know if you've had any curiosity to know. I still want to know where pallets of bricks are showing up from randomly <laughs> around the country. I, we lived in Chicago for a long time. You lived there longer than I did. I lived there for 27 years. All my life in Chicago, I never remember walking down the street past just a random pallet of bricks. Do you? <laughs> Uh, maybe I, I wasn't looking out for him. I'll just put. I'll put it just, that I'm way. I'm just saying. I, like I'm just I, walking I, I, home from school. And like just. I'm, Where'd this come from? Maybe they were like hookers. They were there, but we just yeah. didn't notice. No, so this is this is this has gone. You know, so you know, you have the you have the George Floyd incident, which is on top of many incidents. You know, yeah, obviously, you have the race element to it because the cops statistically do kill. You know. A much higher percentage of black a higher people than percentage. Else. It's not. It's not a hundred. Like we agree. It's not a hundred percent, but it's a higher percentage per capita of, of any other community, right? It's cap- but so now it is becoming an issue that is not just. It, it's become sort of transracial. But this is what needed to happen, right? I mean, the whole point of the argument was you got to get people on your side, right? You got to have. It can't just be. 
just the strictly the racial element. You've got to get allies. You've got to get people on your side. You've got to get everybody on your side in order to have a change. And that's, and that's also why. That's also why I say it wasn't a a, a racial march or or these are not racial protests because if we protested racism in America, we'd never stop marching. This isn't about racism. This is about you know, I the think police state. I, I would go so far as to say maybe it's – I think it started that way, and I'm not with it. You know, I'm just watching from the outside. I'm an observer. I would say, like, at the very beginning, it had more of that element to it. And through the actions of the way that the protesters have been treated, where they've been corralled, you know – I've, I've seen where there's evidence where like they literally won't let people go home and then they beat them up. Um, right. Yeah. And, you know, and this is, and, and I don't want to, you know, and this is the other big mistake I think that's happening is every, the people who, and I, I hate to always use terms like the people. I, 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 I'm so sick of the lack of like the group, uh, like the group think and also the uh, like guilt by association, like especially with Twitter. You know, anybody who writes a anybody who writes a post at uh, with you people or some people or like any any group any race like you write a white like somebody writes a post to all white people you're an idiot, <laughs> right? Because if you pull out white yes, from a certain other race, you're still an idiot. I mean, if I wrote a post to all black people, I would be instantly like a racist. It didn't even matter if I said something nice. Um. <laughs> We've also become the if this then that society, especially on social media, and you and you've seen it just as much as I have, right? We saw it a lot with Trump with 2016, right? The, the what if he gets elected and then everything is going to hell? That type no, of thing. No, the, the if if you if you vote for him, then you're this, or and that makes you a racist. That makes you yes, you know. right, which is blatantly <laughs> false. I, I I don't I don't I didn't vote, but I don't expect the Every person who voted for Donald Trump was a rape. Black people voted for Donald Trump. Mm, not that many, but yeah, some. some no, did. actually, the same percent. I think he actually got a higher percentage of the vote than the guys who ran against Obama. Believe it or not, it hmm. wasn't as bad as you think. I mean, it was a low number, right? But it was better than. Oh God, who was who was the stiff that he beat last time? Mitt Romney. Romney. Better than Mitt Romney. Yeah. That boy. That's a uh, low bar. <laughs> It's a, it, right, but this was this was if you vote for him, you're a racist. No, I don't remember anybody saying if you vote for Mitt Romney, you're a xenophobic, Muslim-hating racist. Mm, not I quite. Remember that? But... Yeah, because Mitt Romney did enough damage to himself. He had the forty-seven with the forty-seven million comment or something like that. Yeah. They, 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 these guys all stepped in it. I will say Barack Obama for both of his elections. And, and at the very beginning, I was like totally an Obama guy. The second time, well, he's running against Mitt Romney, so I did, you know, <laughs> you know, come on. I mean, it's Mitt Romney. Um, he didn't have to beat any heavyweights, <laughs> right? Either time, so he had a nice, he had a nice soft landing against McCain and Romney, uh, kings of non sequitur. <laughs> How did we get the, to that? Wait a minute. I just completely forgot where I was going. I was on a roll. <laughs> but uh, stop him! He's on a roll. What I no, but the whole point I was originally going to make was I started going about the if this then that people because there are those people on Twitter I know you've seen them, 
Oh, yeah, yeah. And it's not just an if Trump thing. Trump's just the easy. That's the low-hanging fruit. So he's always the easy one to pick on because that's the easiest one. But there's plenty of the if you think this, then that. Sorry, I had to pause there. I had to kiss my wife goodnight. My wife says goodnight. 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 And uh, no, the, the people and the people, that's where I started on my rant, who sort of conflate the three groups of people that are out right now, the protesters, the looters, and the rioters into one group are the right. ones that I can't stand. Because this is clearly three different groups of people. Your protesters are not looting and rioting. <laughs> Right? Absolutely not, by and large. And, no. your, and your looters are not protesting. Your looters are looting. <laughs> and right. your rioters are just there although, to start and shit. Right. Although I would, I would put rioters closer to looters than I would put rioters closer to protesters. The lines right. are more blurred between a rioter and a protester. Because a lot of times the protest could turn into a riot when the cops show up and shoot you in the face. <laughs> With a rubber bullet, which puts so I've seen so many people's oh, eyes put your that eye have been out. put out. God, I thought cops were trained not to shoot at your head. Again, this is why there's a massive yeah. protest but because damn the police it, are Biden, fucking out of control. Joe Biden has the solution. If you didn't see it in a couple of days ago, Joe Biden's solution is they should just shoot him in the legs. Ah, much much this easier. This is why I'm. This is why I'm so sad for America, because. People don't like Trump. I totally get it. He is not acquitting himself well in any of this. But goddamn, Biden ain't much better. Can, the best you can do is Joe Biden. This is the problem. This is this is why I am not certain that Trump losing is like a slam dunk. And right, right now it looks that way. It looks that way right now. Like oh yeah, he's going to lose. Here's why I don't necessarily think it's a slam dunk. One, I think all of this might peak too soon, unless they can carry this on through November. I don't know if you'd carry any of this through that long. And two, who's Joe Biden getting out to vote? And I am dreading, I am dreading a Biden-Trump debate. (laughs) Because Joe Biden is already, like, drinking out of a sippy cup most of the time. And as, as 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 awful as Trump is as a human being, he'll talk circles around Joe Biden in a debate. I'm just I'm throwing that out there. This isn't a Trump support. This isn't me saying I'm running out and voting for Trump. Trump. I I'm probably sitting this one out too. Uh, neither one of these guys to me are like really that. This is my choice. This is what I get. Why does this sound like 2016 all over again? This is what I get. This is the best we can do. <laughs> Well, I was about to come in and say that is that I think this is why neither one of us are going to go vote again is just because we're both sitting here thinking we need to have much better, much more intelligent options for yeah. leadership than this. Yes. And because these guys are the kings of the two leading gangs in the in the country, that right. nobody else can get a seat at the table. <laughs> And that's yes. so am dumb. I voting for the Crips or am I voting for the Bloods? Not. I'm going to vote for neither. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> I'm going to once again vote for neither. Right. I, I just you know because this is it, 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 yeah this is not a this isn't a Democrat and Republican issue anymore. And this is this is this isn't a white or black issue anymore. This is becoming a national issue. 
which is what it needed to be. I, I don't know if you agree with me on that. <clears throat> the uh, issue of what the presidency or the presidency, the, 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 the police brutality, because it was you know the, the the race issue was sort of the spark that ignited it. It's yeah, it's what brought it's what brought the the spotlight. And now that the spotlight is on, everybody sees how bad it is because people are seeing it for what it is. People are seeing how brutal these cops are being. They're seeing how awful Trump is. They're seeing how pandering these corporations are. They're realizing that of all of these people, these governors, these mayors, you know, that, that none of them are out for you. The, uh, the corporations being pandering, that was something going back to uh, the last show that we did when this COVID thing first started. And I was telling you about all the, the ter- terrible commercials that are out there on these TV yeah. shows. And I, and I all... uh, sent you the video. Yes. Did, yeah, did what you watched, was, right? Uh, not just watch, but folks, for the next minute or so, listen to this. When we first opened our doors. Since 1926. Since 1978. For 60 years. For 75 years. For over 80 years. In 90 years. Over 100 years. Nationwide has been on your side. Restaurants have always been there for you. Nissan has been with you through thick and thin. We will do what we've always done. Take care of people. We're people. 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 And family. 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 Families. 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 Even now. Especially now. Especially now. Right now. Now more than ever. More than ever. Today. More than ever. Today. More than ever. In times like this. At times like these. During these difficult times. In these troubled times. Challenging times. Trying times. In these times of uncertainty. During this time of great uncertainty. During these uncertain times. During these uncertain times. In uncertain times. In uncertain times. Uncertain times. Unprecedented times. Unprecedented. I I sent you that video. I knew that just probably like, I can only imagine your head like exploding watching that video. God, I wish I had a gun right now. Um, so if you didn't know already that people, uh, uh, that corporations are, are just out for as many people as they can get under their umbrella, uh, <laughs> as many people that can keep giving them money, that's all these businesses are worried about when this COVID-19 is, yeah. oh, my God, all these people are going to stop giving us money because they have to worry about themselves. We have to let them know that we think of them as family. You're not just a customer to us. You're a family. And so, we think of you people as in these troubled times, we really, oh, oh my God. So I, I haven't seen the super cut yet, but my new least favorite commercial, especially now that I'm back at work and we have one TV in our whole store that works and we watch TV, and I have, which I can't watch anything. Oh, wait, I can watch the Cornhole League. And uh, I believe a few <laughs> weeks ago on ESPN, I saw the Marbles Championship. I sent you a text about that one. I, you all know, I can say is I, I feel so NASCAR, sorry for you people still watching ESPN right now. TV. I mean, I I can't even turn NASCAR off. It's the only sports. I'm actually standing there talking to the guy about NASCAR, and I don't care about NASCAR. <laughs> I hate it. I'm asking because he's into the racing, and I'm asking about, like, don't they have the cars and stuff, and he's talking to me about it, and like, I really don't, you know, I'm not interested, but it's like, hey, it's something to talk about, and it has to do with sports, which we haven't even gotten to the sports element of this yet, you know, 39 minutes into our show. 
but <laughs> sports takes a backseat to some of this stuff. No, the new Supercut commercial like YouTube video I want to see are all of the phony uh, like mock-up Google chat uh, ads. <laughs> All the all the Zoom uh, conversations yeah. that everyone's having. All the Zoom conferences, and it's with all yeah. the people from the, yeah. So that, that yeah, that brings me to the, the other the other point, which is you know with all the stuff going on between the COVID and now with the with the protests with the George George Floyd, now the protests, and you know, is I think has it opened people's eyes up to how much we really just overemphasize like actors and actresses and sports figures and, and, and how that's not really what matters. It's entertainment. Would, and obviously the society so. needs entertainment, but the pedestal that we put the people up on, because the reason I know we don't, you know, need them in the limelight as much is because of how sadly desperate they are to get back into it. To stay relevant. Just like these corporations, they're fighting. They're fighting in these troubled times. They are fighting to protect the brand and stay relevant. And yeah, it's like you know things are changing at 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 a quick pace in this country. And yeah, the 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 actors and actresses in Hollywood just not the not the people I need right now. Now that I do uh, agree with you and laugh at with that, I, I may agree with every single word she says about everything that's been going on, but I have zero interest in Alyssa Milano's political thoughts. I'm sorry. Um, I love her. I, I'll, I'll cheat on right. my wife with her. If she gives me a shot, I love her to death, but good Lord, I don't need to fucking hear another word that she has to say about Trump. Trump's an idiot. We all know that. It, move on. I don't, I don't she care. thinks, she thinks she knows who's the boss. No, oh, jeez. Now I'm definitely out of practice trying to get anything ready for <laughs> Only happened only because I happened to be near the yeah was I able to, to hit that. Okay. <sighs> but yeah, <sighs> no, I, I I agree with you on that. And anybody um, who had Jason will not be drinking during the show in their office <laughs> pool lost. <laughs> There's no way I'm doing this show without a drink. Not this one. Uh, yeah, I, I, I don't blame you. So I was in the middle of uh, 45 minutes ago of, of oh. talking about my the goop. Um, <laughs> talking about the goop. Yeah, the kings well, of non sequitur. We, we, we spun all, all, all the way off, uh, and then now I'll bring it back to the yeah. to the COVID nineteen. But but for but for I'm not trying to cut you up. But the people who don't realize is if we weren't being recorded right now, this would be the same conversation. Yeah. Yeah, we'd just be going on and, and trying to figure out where we left off. And, and yeah. the, the, the difference is we wouldn't cut it off at 90 minutes or whatever. We'd be going going until about midnight, maybe. <laughs> oh, yeah, this would be one, like, like two hours, three hours. About the bedroom door would open up and my wife would peer her head out and go, when are you going to bed? <laughs> right. <laughs> or could you keep it down? Yeah. All right. Um, I, I digress. So. The, uh, the 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 call comes down Friday, last Friday, that somebody at my job tested positive for, <clears throat> excuse me, for coronavirus. Wait, do you and have I, it? I I don't know. You just coughed. Oh, oh you're you're right. And I swear to God, I was been in my job for the last couple of weeks. Anybody that called, what's that? What's going on? Side eye. Hey? It's like side eye at everybody, right? You hear so like I I drink I was drinking something at work and I coughed and I was like oh. Anybody hear that? 
exactly how it's been. Um, so I'm figuring how am I going to bring this to my wife who already doesn't want to participate in the world anymore because of this, this COVID-19. So I decided to go ahead and be straight up and, and call her and tell her, you know, face to face. Not I didn't want to do it over text either. Um, and she says, okay. And, and hangs up and, and deals with it in her way and gets back to me and says, here's what we're going to do later on in the day. She, uh, tells me to call her back and, and says, this is what, this is what we're going to do. So what happened was she already left the house at that moment when I told her to go get tested. Uh, she already left to get tested. She told me to go get tested, to go set up my, my, an appointment for myself to get tested after work Friday. Then she said, here is the reservation that I made for you at Candlewood uh, Suites at, oh, at, at a hotel nice. that's, yeah, yeah, I, I liked it very much. Uh, the, they're only a mile from the house. Um, and she said, we're going to quarantine. You're going to go, you're going to tell me when you get home, I'll go sit in my car. You go into the house, get all your clothes, get all your stuff, and you're going to go, you're, you're set up for the next week at, at, at Candlewood Suites. And you're going to go over there, and you're not coming back home until we get our, our test results back and, and figure out if we're positive or not. And I said, okay, um, you know, this is, uh, I, I wasn't really surpri- surprised how fast it happened. Just I go to work Friday and, and everything's normal. And then by the time I leave work, I'm about to go home and get all my clothes and go check into a hotel for the, for possibly the next week um, and, and get tested for, for this COVID-19. So it was a very turnaround. I, I wound up not, be able to make my test uh, after work Friday because they stopped at 4 p.m. and I got there at like 3:58 and they were like, "No, <laughs> we're 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 shut down. You you can come back tomorrow morning." So it's exactly what I did. I went back uh, to the hotel. I came back uh, Saturday morning very early and, and was one of the first ones to get tested. Just I wanted to get it done as quick as I I could because I wanted to get the results back as quick as I could. Uh, because I didn't want to have to stay in a hotel for a week or however long. I wanted to, you know, the results, they're, they're saying three to five days. But I think what happened was they asked me, you know, the, uh, there's a long questionnaire before you get to the test. And one of the questions was, are you an essential worker? And, hey, I, I checked yes, because this is all my stupid-ass job has been telling me since this whole thing began. Oh. You have to keep coming in. You're essential. Ah, okay, well, I, I'm, I'm an assuming, essential worker then. I'm assuming they meant healthcare worker. I'm assuming they did too, but fuck it. They're telling me I'm essential. I'm going to say I'm yeah. essential. I, I figure anybody who had to work through this whole crisis was essential, right? <clears throat> exactly. You coughed again. So, I did. Um, I'm, I'm doing a talk show, so I'm, I'm going to be coughing. Um, but anyway, so that's why I got my results uh, so much quicker than I expected to. I, I took the Saturday morning. They, uh, by the way, the nasal swab thing is it's definitely uncomfortable. It it's, doesn't last very long. It's five seconds, uh, and they have to do each nostril. And they stick that thing far back as it goes. In the they go up your nose and in, in the back of your head, and swoosh, swoosh it around for five seconds each nostril. And it is it's very uncomfortable, but it's only five seconds. So you know it's. You've been through worse. We've all been through worse. Um, made my eyes water up. Made me uh, made me cough a little bit. But 
you know, got through it, and, and it was over, you know, quicker than I thought it would be. Uh, so that part is, uh, how, if you've seen it on tape or whatever, yeah, it looks, it looks very uncomfortable. It is just uncomfortable. Uh, so don't let that scare you or afraid to take the test. Uh, it's it's over fast. So um, so Saturday, last Saturday morning, I took the test and I got the email last Sunday afternoon. I'm sitting there in the hotel watching Law Order, and Sunday in the email that my result is already back. And I was like, wow, that was quick. And it's my wife who told me that it's probably because uh, I said I was an essential worker because she had the same questionnaire. She's not an essential worker and she was still waiting on her results. And by the way, for those wondering, they finally got back to her in the middle of this week and they said something went wrong with the, uh, the, the testing. They didn't get a good enough sample, so her result was inconclusive. Oh. And for for my wife, who's, you know, such a germaphobe, I was worried that she was going to sort of freak out at that and, oh, I got to go get another test. But she actually stayed calm and, and said, you know what, I don't feel any symptoms. You came back negative, uh, so I'm, I'm going to I'm, I'm OK. I'm not going to take another test. I, I think I'm all right. So that's where we stand. I'm, uh, I take okay. the negative and, and she's inconclusive, but she's not feeling any symptoms. So uh, we're, we're, we're all good at the moment. So I'm Upon back further home. review, I need more need review. Further review. Um, so that was my experience with the, with the COVID. And since then, it's actually gotten more interesting. Uh, interesting is the word that I choose to use. I want to use another word, but, uh, but I won't. But it's gotten more interesting. A second person at my job has tested positive for COVID-19. This was in the middle of this past week, and now we're all kind of just like, okay, what the hell is going on? We're almost looking around like, who's next? Um, The job, uh, their reaction to it was to send out an email saying, from this point forward, we all have to wear masks at work. Still got to come in. Oh, boy. Boy, howdy. Uh, We we're, we're, we're all, uh, we, we still got to come in. We're, we're still essential. Boy, howdy. Uh, but, but that's the deal is we, we still got to come, but we're all wearing masks. We're all supposed to be wearing masks. I should say that because the, there are some people there today that uh, we're not wearing masks still. Um, or my favorite, which I see this in the stores too, when I go in and, and go grocery shopping, um, there, some of them are wearing their masks around their chin. They're protecting their chin from the coronavirus, yeah. but their mouth and their nose is just wide open and they don't care. Well, that's and I just, prudent. Boy, to, to protect your chin in these, in these uncertain times, you have to make sure your chin is protected from, from coronavirus. I, that, to me, that's just... You just put a big glowing stupid sign on your head when you walk around with a mask underneath your face. What the fuck do you think the point of the mask is, you dumbass? Well, it's like the sunglasses on the top of your head when you're outside in the sunlight. <laughs> man, it's bright out here. I wish I had something to block this sun. That man, and my hair. Tight. My hair's in the shade. <laughs> yeah, so but I didn't think that I was going to be uh, in a situation where I'm in a, in a workplace where I almost feel trapped up there. Like, uh, And we have... When the, when the coronavirus first started, we had a, a long list of things that we went through on our computers to set up our computers 
to where we could possibly take them home and work from home. There are a whole bunch of security tabs and tokens and keys yeah. uh, that we had to put on our computers. And then after all that was done, we got the word that they're not going to let us uh, take our computers home and work because the, uh, without getting into too many details of my job, but the, the, the bankruptcy trustees that uh, that's what we're working with is bankruptcy payments. Uh, the trustees did not, uh, uh, it was a security risk. They, they didn't want us to take these computers home. And then uh, Pookie and Ray Ray just got out of jail and they looking over our shoulder and getting all these, uh, all this, <laughs> just to, it, all this just information to, and stealing, uh, you know, stuff that they don't need to be having and whatnot. Just the term bankruptcy payments is an oxymoron. Well, <laughs> You're bankrupt. Supposedly, evidently. I, I've been there. I've been there. Bankruptcy ain't cheap. <laughs> exactly. So you know. It ain't cheap. It's big business. <laughs> but I'm bankrupt. To pay up. Well, I'm bankrupt. you got to pay up. <laughs> You want to file and, and declare to the world that you're bankrupt? Do you know how much that's going to cost you? Yeah, so you already know. I, that, there's a, a long, long time, but yeah, I was there. I was there. A lot of and, jokes. Uh, uh, yeah. Pay up. Pay up, of, person of, with no money. <laughs> so so how's, uh, how's things been going with you? I'm sure it hasn't been anywhere near that uh, that exciting. Well, no. I mean, it's obviously, like I said, we're in a fairly – calm part of the country so far with the COVID. Uh, north north and north central Wisconsin hasn't been getting overly hit. There's been a lot of, you know, COVID panic. There have been a lot of, you know, like the vacation spots are all worried. Things are not mostly open. I mean, I still, I, I haven't, I've been in a grocery store once in the last three months. I haven't been out to eat in the last three months. So, you know, we, we, there's a lot of things that are like, there's definitely not a normal to anything that's going on. So there's still a lot of things that you can't do, but on the positive side, if I want to burn down Wendy's, it's all good. <laughs> so at least I know I've got some entertainment at my disposal if I want to go do it. Um, but we only have one Wendy's. Man, I like Wendy's. I'm not burning Wendy's down. Um, Save our Wendy's. I need those Frosties, man. Frosties are good. <laughs> No, I mean, it's been two, it was two months, two and a half months of, you know, basically being my kid's teacher and eating awful and gaining weight. Now I'm trying to lose, you know, I'd lost a lot of weight and then I gained like half of it back. So now I'm trying to, you know, get back to work. Um, work has been, like I said, work has been interesting because, like I said, people who are out, it's, you know, here where I, I would say about 40% of the people that I deal with are wearing masks. I am not required to wear a mask. My my job does not require us to wear masks. I have I had honestly full disclosure. I haven't worn a mask since day one. Well, that so maybe something out of your hands uh, coming up soon if the the numbers spike again. But just yeah, when you know, I'm forty I'm forty four years old. I mean, I, I am not the high risk guy, <laughs> but we'll see. I mean, if I'm playing Russian roulette with my life, we'll see. Um, you know, but it hasn't been required of me and. It, I, like I said, some of the people I deal with, everybody stays away. I mean, I have not been in close contact with people at my job. So yeah, everybody's still, they're still that. I can't shake people's hands. You know, I can't, which is weird being in sales. You know, when you right. just think about that, that, that contact element it, taken away from an, a, a, you know, a job that's all about personal relationships sort of becoming a little bit more impersonal. 
Um, it's it's a very interesting society that we live in right now, and you just wonder when it's going to stop or when it's going to end. And everybody's always waiting for the end game. Everybody wants to know what the end game looks like. And is it going to be a second surge? Is it going to be that the COVID peters out? Is it going to be a vaccine? You know, are we going to see tens of thousands of people sick because of all the the, the protests, and mass demonstrations, and looting and rioting? I mean, are we, you know, are the very people who are out there trying to affect change going to just you know start dying um, or killing grandma? So it's it's so weird out there right now. And if you just if you just sit there and that's all you do is dwell on it, man, I couldn't imagine that being in that kind of a headspace all the time. And but that's what's just it's just an assault on our senses right now, right? Yeah, definitely. It's it, I I spend a lot of time uh making myself not concentrate on everything that's going on because it can be overwhelming, uh, because it can uh totally take over your 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 thoughts and uh I I've got a uh I decided to sort of last second enroll in another uh Spanish class for this summer, so I I Boy, and it's a lot. It's not only is it a lot because it's uh, Spanish two because I did Spanish one last uh, in in the spring. So not only is it Spanish two, but it's a summer class. So it's it's crunched together. It's it's sure. less time. And I, I tell you, sitting up in that uh, hotel room last weekend for for three days, I mean, almost all of my time was was spent. Uh, doing Spanish homework because that's how much uh, work is in is in this thing. I didn't have time to worry about uh, the the results coming in. That's why the results. Uh, that's why the email caught me off guard last Sunday afternoon because my mind wasn't on it because I was too busy with all the damn Spanish homework and uh, I was right in the middle of a of just taking a break from the from the Spanish and watching some Law and Order and then that email popped up and I'm yeah. like, oh, oh shit! All right, here we here we go. Now, was it a Law and Order episode about dirty cops? Uh, it may have been. Was, they were... Law and Order. Law and Order was like, you know, you could tell Law and Order wasn't a CBS show, where it's all cop, you know, like the cops are the big heroes and SWAT. Oh my team. God, do they glorify and, cops? Oh. Oh yeah, and, yeah. So that's CBS. Um, and and that's that just glorify cops. Law and, but... Law and Order. Law and Order. I mean, other than of course, like you know, uh, uh, you know, like Jerry Orbach and uh. Martin, you know the guys who played the the cops on the show. Those those were the clean cops. <laughs> oh, but, yeah, the detectives are always the good guys. <laughs> but all the cops that they worked with were dirty as hell. Of course. <laughs> yeah, but they were clean. But but the the, the CBS with the good cops uh, that are always the heroes. Not only that, but I wanna I wanna understand the that's dynamic. Propaganda. Of, I mean, that is straight oh, propaganda on CBS, right? Those shows. Right, but I want to know how. Do you have 30 or 40 hero cop shows over the past 30 or 40 years and 28 of them star Tom Selleck? How does that happen? How do you have all these? I do not understand. Somebody America loves please. Tom Selleck. He's a national treasure. But, oh, God. He was Magnum P.I. That's my quarterback. That's my teammate. He's Magnum What's his political? What's his political opinions? We got uh, Alyssa Milano is always letting us know, and, and Roseanne Barr wants to let us know. know. What, what's Tom Selleck's? Uh, I don't know what Tom Selleck's uh, a political affiliation is. Uh, you, you mean he's been smart enough to keep his mouth shut? 
maybe that's why he keeps getting there's a lot of people there's a lot of people that would benefit by that yeah I, I completely agree with that plenty of people out there stepping in it right now uh our our guy in new orleans <laughs> <laughs> Woo. Yeah, all right stepping in it i'm not going to defend drew Brees, uh but. other than to say that you know drew Brees' track record is not one of closet racism I, I don't know if you'd agree with that. I don't. I didn't wake up one day and all of a sudden go, Drew Brees is a closet racist, uh, unless unless it's just white guilt and high, trying to hide his racism that caused him to do so much for the people in that city. Um, and what you know, he's done a lot. I mean, he didn't have to. Um, but Jesus, Drew, what are you doing? First of all, I understood what he was trying to say, but he said it all wrong. First of all. There was a way that he could have made the statement that he made without vilifying the people that were protesting. It's perfectly fine if Drew Brees wants to say that's not the way that I would do it because the, the flag or the anthem, they mean something to me, and I understand that it means something different to other people. And just by saying that, he's showing an understanding that his statement totally did not show. So instead of so he didn't make it about himself, which is what he should have done. He made it about the people who were protesting, and that's where he stepped in it. Then of course he immediately apologizes, and then he gets jumped on for apologizing. Was it heartfelt? Was it PR? I don't know. I mean, obviously there's the cynic in me that's like, well, come on. He he got caught. He stepped in it. He told the same. He very very consistent. Drew Brees is because he did the same thing back with the Kaepernick protests four years ago. So he didn't change his tune in the last four years. This isn't like new Drew Brees. It's just four years ago. Four years ago, it wasn't. You know, you you had that room. You had that room to maneuver because everything hadn't shifted or the narrative hadn't shifted yet. So still keeping the same opinion that you had four years ago with the world change. The world changed, Drew. You didn't. Uh, and, and also, then Drew Brees, the, Drew Brees the is timing like, could not have been worse. No, so why'd you step in it, Drew? And then, and then I also I found the reaction to Drew a bit disingenuous when Michael Thomas is like, Drew, I don't care what you think. And the whole point is, you are supposed to care what he thinks because his is the opinion that you need to change. You're not going to get changed by going, "Fuck you, Drew." I don't care what you think. That's not how you have change. That's not how you have a conversation. Um, you know. You, you know, the, the the black community is not going to get change by itself. <laughs> it needs to convert people to its cause and have allies, and it needs to right. It needs to be a movement. Otherwise, it's not going to have traction. Well, this it, it's, is it's, why it's all about changing the, the hearts and minds, right? This is why people are doing these things. So when somebody, I find it very disingenuous when someone just goes, "Well, I don't care what you think." Yes, you you, you do care. You should care. Especially yeah, when it's I, somebody who is, you know, in the position that he is in. He's exactly the person who you want to bring over to your side or to talk to or have that conversation to. He's your teammate. He's a quarterback. He's a t- no, uh, <laughs> you know, he's, he's a pillar of the community. If, Eric, if Drew Brees, up until about three days ago, ran for mayor of New Orleans, he might win. Sure. He won't win today. <laughs> <laughs> no. But a few days ago, he might have. So that was, I find the, 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 the gut, like you used to be my friend. No, 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 no. The whole point is like you and I disagree about a lot of things. You didn't just stop being my friend because we disagree on something. 
Uh, you can't take our uh, friendship as an example because we go back to, again, 1982. Well, I so. know. I'm also not a secret racist. Well, but or, if you were, or you am say? I? No, just... <laughs> <laughs> That's no. the point of secret. Uh, oh. No, anyway. <laughs> oh, you need the air horn. You need the air horn for the podcast. <laughs> 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 How is it that we've been on this show so long and we don't have that sound drop? You're right. And and it's crossed my mind over the years to go get an air horn and I just it just kept slipping out. So you're you're absolutely right. I, I should be. I am I've been derelict in my duty. Um no, I, I That's right. see where you're coming from, but looking at it from Michael Thomas's standpoint, like he's looking at his this guy that's that's made him a, a one of the best receivers in football that's and right, made him millions Brees. of dollars and whatnot. Right. right, he's making money because of Drew Brees. And he's looking at this guy and he thought that he was you know down with him and he thought this was you know my right. lifetime buddy and whatnot. And he hears that and he goes, "Well, what the fuck? Like, okay, what? Well, who are you then? If this is what you right." had in your mind this whole time that like, dude, who the hell? Cause I'm sure he doesn't say stuff like that on the practice field, uh, hooking up with Michael Thomas and making him look so good. I'm sure he's not spewing his garbage at that point, but then he decides but, but, to, yeah, but, but pick up the phone and call Drew and be like, Drew, what the fuck? He, he may have done Drew. that too. He may have, and they may have had a heart to heart and how many, but again, how many people have their Twitter persona and have their, their private persona, right? I mean, people sure. post things on Twitter that don't really, you know, mesh with what they live or what they're doing because they just have to, it's part of the outrage, outrage society that we live in now. And you've got to be outraged. Yeah, Drew Brees stepped in it. Then his apology seemed eh, politically expedient, I guess would be the most diplomatic way. To... You tweeted the Waffle House gif. So, uh... <laughs> I think that's right on right on target. I don't. Uh, I actually I wrote a pretty good one about that, didn't I? Hang on. I I I think I actually got a couple of likes on that. I got oh I got a couple of likes on my media one when I was calling out the media on something. Yeah. Um. You liked my Twitter. You liked my Waffle House. Um. Because man, he just completely twisted the other way. Like he just ran all the way away from what he was saying and said, "Actually, I think completely the opposite now." Like what? So yes. Yeah, so here is the, you said something about Drew Brees doing his heel turn, right? You had the Hulk Hogan, Hulk Hogan thing. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I responded to you. I wrote, "He made the statement. Just own it and move on. Expand on it or double down." You know, I'm a big proponent of doubling down. Uh, oh, but bland, apo- yeah, but bland apologies and pandering are just woke BS. It will be impossible to have real change if we don't address real feelings, good or bad. That's what change and growth are all about. That's a very that's a, that I put the Waffle House thing. That would be his first uh, his first political endorsement was <laughs> <laughs> well, is, is from Waffle House because come on, Drew, you you so you're you're for four years in your heart. You don't believe in using the flag or the anthem as a symbol of protest. That's cool. There's people that do. That just accept that and move on, right? And stop. You know, we obsess about this thing with the flag. The flag is a symbol of the United States of America, which means something different to everybody, right? 
what the flag represents to me is different than what the flag represents to you, is different than what it represents to Drew Brees or Michael Thomas. Or, or, or and Everybody's right. Nobody's wrong. <laughs> Even poor Donald Trump. What it represents to him is what it represents to him. But don't mean don't beat over the head what it means to you on me. Don't because that's what you think of a symbol isn't what I should think of a symbol. And I've even changed. I haven't changed my opinion on that because back when we had all the Kaepernick conversations, I was more on the it's fine if they do what they want to do. Just be willing to deal with the blowback and the repercussions. And, you know, just if you're going to say something, if you're going to step in it, you own it, you double down and go from there and they doubled, you know, Kaepernick kept kneeling and Eric Reed kept kneeling and then players started locking arms, which was mostly a fuck you to Trump. Um, but there was the double down. They doubled down. They stood up for what they believed in. Drew Brees, however, <laughs> did not. <laughs> and the problem I had with what Drew Brees said was when he made it about other people. I was cool with everything he said when he was saying it from his perspective and his opinion and his feelings, because they are his but when he says that I can never agree with somebody who uses the flag that way, you don't have to agree with them. You just have to respect their right to do so. And he didn't say that. I have a feeling that's what he might've gotten to eventually or meant. Cause I really, I don't know Drew Brees, but I don't think he's a secret racist. Um, but then the apology was what really rang hollow and, and then everybody called him out for it. Yeah. Uh, I don't and, know if and... you agree with me on that or if I broke that down, if you see it a different way, I see it a different way. Um, I, again, I'm looking at it, I guess, from Michael Thomas's point of view and from the point of view of those who really were angry with Breeze when he first said it. And what I think they were angry about was, holy shit, the worst possible timing. When you talk about these protests, which oh, yeah. are all, which are all about stop putting black lives uh, below everything else. Stop putting uh, what you value above black lives, black lives matter. That's the, the, that's the whole point of the, of the movement. And here he is when he says that whether you believe it or you think he means something else, it sure comes off to some people as saying, I still, no matter how many George Floyd's get choked out by a, a cop's knee, uh, no matter how many guys get, get killed in the street and, and shot in the back, I still put this stupid ass piece of cloth above black lives. I still believe in that more so than I do life. And that's just the worst timing to do that right now. It's it's I, I don't agree with him, with him, you know, with it, with the whole sentiment. I don't uh, agree with putting that much value in, in the, in the, in the anthem, which is just a, a dumb song and in the flag, which is just a piece of cloth, but especially right now when right. we're, supposed to be trying to figure out a way to stop looking at black lives specifically and lives in general as uh, something that's, uh, you know, your, your grandma might die, but the economy needs to go on. So, you know, that th- th- there's another piece of hypocrisy that uh, you referenced uh, earlier in the show. And that all ties in uh, as well as we're supposed to not care about life when it comes to the economy. Uh, but then we're supposed to care about life when it comes to the cops, taking lives away, you know, which is it? Which one are we supposed to care about? Which one are we not supposed to care about? We're supposed to care about all lives, uh, but we can't really 
figure that out. We, we're still trying to figure out how do we show that we care about life, but still give the, the, the deference to the police that we're supposed to be giving. And, and that's where the reform has to come. We have to stop putting so much value in the fucking police and giving them that much power to, to run us uh, like, again, right. like we're in Tenement Square right now. Yeah. Yeah, I, I... – I don't disagree. I don't. I think this is another one of those where somebody could look at both of our statements as true. Because mm-hmm. we're looking at it from its opinion. We're looking at this from two completely different angles. You've got a. You've got an angle to the reaction, where I'm thinking more along the lines of one. You know, if you're if we're going to diminish, you know, if we're going to diminish the the flag and the anthem in general, doesn't that diminish the protest? not to turn it around on you and throw it back, but if nobody cares, you know, if, if, if it's just like, well, fuck the flag, fuck the anthem, well, then the protest means nothing. The whole point of the protest is that it does mean something to people and that doing it makes people go, ah, look what they're doing, right? If we just all just decided all the flags to piece of cloth and it's meaningless to me, then, then protesting the flag means nothing. So it's the point that somebody like Drew Brees, who it does mean something to, and it affects him, that that's the affecting of him that is the point, right? Isn't that the point of the protest? I don't think so. I think uh, I don't think Colin Kaepernick set out the anthem originally uh, to make people angry and look at him. I don't think he thought people would look at him or care at all. I really don't. I, don't, I think a lot of people put that on him because they want to believe that he was trying to give some sort of big you middle like, finger or fuck you to you America. You mean like the media who would just zoom the camera in on him right before every when he, game? When yeah. we wouldn't televise the anthem at all, and now all of a sudden we're televising the anthem for every football game that Colin Kaepernick was playing? You mean that? You mean that? <laughs> yes, I do. Uh, because it's not like Kaepernick got up and waved at the cameras and said, look over here, I'm sitting up here. And he didn't give a damn. Yeah, I pointed he, at the cameras like, because of, Yeah, he, 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 I don't believe that was part of it at all. But I think people no. put that on him. Right. Uh, and I am on record as, I am on record with my, I have called Colin Kaepernick a shameless self-promoter on this show before. Not for that reason, but it is documented. That if he you really one... wanted to, <laughs> if you really wanted to, we know he's got it in him. No, he's 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 earned that title from some of his actions too. He, he's not perfect. There are no perfect uh, uh, right. characters in any of these. Right. I found I you know this is the thing with Drew Brees with the apology because you know with the twenty four hour news cycle and the outrage of the day, if he just wouldn't have said anything, it would have nobody would have remembered. I would have remembered uh, come you know, honors and dishonors, because Drew Brees, you stepped in it, buddy. You're probably, he's probably on his way to a bad PR award. Oof. Um, but it, the season hasn't even started yet, but so it's young. There's a lot of stuff that we could still have happen, but man, Drew Brees. I found Roger Goodell even more disingenuous, because Roger Goodell basically gave you the talking points version of one of those white on black with the NFL logo uh, say a lot, but say nothing statements. And that's what a lot of people are doing right now. I'm so sick of the platitudes and, you know, and, and just, we're all about the change. And you could just, you could just, this shit just writes itself. You and I could probably write a really nice corporate statement where we say all of these flowery things, but in reality, we're never going to do anything about them. Again, any statement that doesn't involve 
police reform is a bullshit statement because that's all this is all about, really. If you, if you yeah, don't mention the cops, yeah. then what are you what are you talking about? What are you doing? If you right. if you're and saying you think of how much how much springs from the police state that we live in, all of us. It's a police state for a lot of parts of this country. I don't see it as much where I am, but I know it's out there. I mean, you can't deny it. Like we talked about militarization, uh, the methods, like the the whole thing about uh, Minnesota now. Chokeholds are off the books now. To which my point was, oh goody! Wait a minute, they were on the books, <laughs> right? Huh? This is so this you're was telling fine? me. So you're telling me that what that cop was doing, what Chauvin was doing, was not only on the books, but trained. Like you would go to training and get shown how to do that. First of all, okay, if I'm a guys. defense attorney. First of all, if I'm a, if I'm a defense attorney, I'm all over that. Oh, I was just doing what be... I was trained to do. You know, hey, I'm sorry. You know, it's a Nuremberg thing, but <laughs> right. these guys, these these defense attorneys, right? They'll come up with anything. And, and we've already seen that in Buffalo with what happened uh, last night and, and the night yeah, before there. Just following my training, it, you know. So if that also, if it was trained and it's on the books, first of all, who, why, how, how would it? Do you see my point? That's where I – so nobody – and I'm watching, I'm reading Twitter. I'm like, come on, somebody. Where Somebody – I'm looking for the person who's got that point before me, and I never found it. And I'm like, everybody's so focused on the reaction, the reaction, the reaction. Everything's react, right? Just I got to throw it out there. I got to be outraged. I got to be outraged. All good social justice. They're batting the, the guys getting kneeled on and the compression techniques. And I'm the guy going, uh, hold up. <laughs> What do you mean taken off the books? That means it was on the books. So stop cheering for something that should have never been allowed in the first place, being taken off the books. And it's a perfect example of the police state that you have to have that happen, that you have to have a state sit yeah. there and go, okay, all right, all right. Well, yeah. we'll stop choking guys yeah. out, all right. To which, to which my point was, and we all know damn well, that would still be on the books if that guy wasn't videoed kneeling exactly. George Floyd to death. Exactly. In fact, if so, he hadn't been on video at all, none of this would have happened. That was the. Uh, that was the. Right there, it would have been a news story. It might have been talked about, but it wouldn't be this, where you're literally watching him kneeling on a guy, and he's dead. And I'm not. I am not going to ever go into the character assassination. Of of uh, George Floyd, right? I mean, George. This isn't Saint George Floyd. But no matter what he did, if he was drugged out, if he was a counterfeiter, if he was whatever he was doing, he didn't deserve to die. That's the point. That's why they're marching. To be, he deserved to be arrested. <laughs> That's not disputed. <laughs> the guy called the cops. Something happened. He was. I don't know if he was coked out of his mind. He had everything in his system. He needed to be arrested. That's it. Arrest the man. <laughs> That's all. Arrest the man. Book him. But he should not be dead. And if that had happened, none of this was going on right now. Nobody's Nobody is going to fault the police for just doing their job. That was their job. Their job was to protect him as much as it was to protect everybody else. 
He didn't have a weapon. He wasn't violent as far as we could tell. You know, that's where I have the problem. So any of the character assassination of George Floyd is just like, what are you doing? It's out there. Of course it is. Would you expect anything else? No, but you can you can both admit the fact that he was a potential criminal at the same time as he didn't deserve to die. <laughs> oh, the, the character assassination is, is like page one in the playbook to protect and, and keep America great yes. again and, and keep America what it is, which is what why there's protests right now. Uh, before George Floyd... Uh, that was the uh, the what what sort of set everything off and and started this inferno yeah. across the country right now. Before him, uh, uh, Negro hunting season started early. Uh, if you remember, a couple months before this, with Ahmad Arbery down in Georgia, uh, that was just hunted. that was just guys. That wasn't cops. That was just dudes. But one of the guys was a retired cop, if I remember, and his kid hunting a man to death yeah. as if he was a uh, fucking animal. As another guy ran around, as the other guy ran up and videoed, you know, as got a it third video person videotaped for, for it, fun? thinking it was something good happening or something. Yeah. Yeah, yeah no, that was, yeah, and, he, and, and the fact that that didn't outrage people, it did, Well, but it did. not to this level. So this is, you know, so so George Floyd is basically just the straw that breaks the camel's back. Everything yeah. was ripe from from COVID to the unemployment to the tension in the country to, to just nothing to divert people's attention from anything to the things that were happening. Everything, the, the conditions, like you couldn't have asked for, I won't want to say better, but you couldn't have asked for better conditions. To, to start a change movement than More what happened right conditions. there. It's the perfect storm. Not, not hashtag storms coming, but the, but the perfect storm. <laughs> with um, a seven. With a seven. Hashtag, storm, hashtag seven storms coming? Is that how that's yeah. got uh, okay. <laughs> Sorry, Colin, but we, we <clears throat> never forget. We don't forget anything on this show, do we? We, we try not to. No. Um, I had some more hypocrisy to get to. I'm not done yet. I've, I've been, I've actually the been pretty good. The night is young. We'll have at least another hour. <laughs> I think I've been uh, decent. Uh, I haven't, I haven't gone too far off the rails yet. Oh the, no, we're uh, fired uh, up tonight. We're, we're doing pretty good. I, I'm holding, I'm holding back. I don't know about, I, I can't speak for you. I'm actually not going as, as crazy as I want to uh, with, with what's going on. I mean, you, you, you could. I, I, I could. Cool. No, I, we, that, that's sort of that was another point I was uh, going but to get to about Michael Thomas's reaction to Drew Brees is he probably was was trying to restrain himself and hold back because again when you work with a guy that closely and you think you're you're tight with him and you think that he's on your side and then yeah, he says something like back. that and and he says something like that it's like I, he probably wanted to explode and and really say some really terrible, terrible things to him. And he had to restrain himself and hold back. And then he releases a, a tape with a whole bunch of other players uh, sort of rebuting everything. Uh, yeah, there's a lot of, I think, uh, letting out of, of steam and a, and a lot of frustration uh, with what's been going on in this, is, in this country, basically since the slave ships and not, you know, not a whole lot has changed. You, you would hope a lot would, but not all that much has. Um, and yet still, 
a lot of black people and I've talked that I've talked to, I'm not, this isn't a, uh, some people say, uh, this is conversations that I have with relatives and, and friends. Um, we still feel like we have to restrain a little bit and hold back a little bit because there's so many people that are ready to, like you already uh, pointed out, for instance, um, with the rioters and protesters and, and trying to mix them all together. And if you have too strong a reaction that allows some, you know, some people that I will say some people that allow some people to say, Oh, look, they're just uh, breaking shit. And they're just using this as an excuse to get angry. They look at them, those, those angry, hot, hot tempered minority people, you know, that they're just people just waiting to use that and and use that against you and and take your anger and turn it around and never once look at your anger and why it's there. And and is it justified? But boy, there's some property that got broke. So boy, we we can't think about anything now. We can't think about their point. We can't think about whatever they're protesting. We can't give any attention to that because some windows got broke. So, oh, yeah, that that's right. that's another part of the hypocrisy that I can't. Yeah, that's the what I was talking about with the conflation of the protests with the riots and the looting. Yeah, trying to lump all you know, trying to lump everybody in together, which is you gotta. But that's that's what you do if you want to dismiss people. Exactly. Now, those a lot of those same people, I'm assuming. And those people, you people, those people, those people. <laughs> what do you mean, you people? I'm not um, part of those people. I could actually see the difference between protesting, looting, and rioting. But correct me if you believe I'm wrong, but a lot of those people who have problems with the, the rioters and the protesters uh, and think that that takes their message away, a lot of those people then turn around and say, well, you can't blame all the cops. There's only a few bad apples. You can't just make all cops evil and, and say that there's something wrong with the system just because of a few bad apples. Yeah, do, yeah, do I believe the percentage of bad cops is 100%? No. I, I don't believe every cop, every police officer in the country is is chauvin. I don't think that. But again, we've every, seen with every, the, every, with the video every is a rough. Every is a rough statement. There's a lot... <laughs> But I don't think it's every. And, you know, here's the tricky part with police is that is such a tight group. It's transracial, right? It's not a racial issue when you're dealing with the cops. The cops are almost like their own race. They stick together. So the guy who does the the bad thing. That's right. The guy who does the bad thing gets covered for by all the other guys, even if they don't want to. Mm-hmm. They have so to, what you're waiting the, for, what you're waiting for, what, yeah, what you're waiting for is the good cop. And we haven't found him yet. <laughs> we haven't found the good cop out of the batch. Nobody has stepped forward. I mean, where you have the, not my favorite, I hate to say favorite, because this isn't like a sport or a movie. This is real life, and people are getting the living hell beat out of them, but my, the most ironic thing that you're seeing is the cops that go out and they kneel with the protesters and then turn around and beat the living hell out of them. That has absolutely been one of the more stomach-turning developments. Is seeing like, hey, these, we're with you, and we're going to yeah. come out for our photo op, and the chief of police is out there, and somebody else is out there, and we're all going to kneel with you. And then 30 minutes later, they're shot in the face with rubber bullets, and they're getting tear gassed, and they're getting beat with sticks. And, you know, come on. So again, no, that yes. is 
nauseating. While I don't think the number is 100%, I think that the complicity number is 100%. Yes, it's 100% complicity. But again, to me, that begs for reform. You have to tear this system up so that can have room for the good cops to come in and do something about this. Right. It is not the way it's set up now. They can't do that. Yeah. It is not abolish the police. No, no, it's it's reform the system. Right. It is not just, it's, you know, even um, they had to defund the police. I'm okay. If defunding the police means you don't give them the $500 million tank. I'm okay with that. Exactly. I'm okay if defunding the police means, or 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 how about instead of defunding, because we're always about money, spend more money on like de-escalation versus escalation, because when you actually see the budgets that they like the amount of training the cops get on how to kill people versus how much training they get on to how not kill people, it's like grossly. Um, again, you're still sounding like uh, reform the system and turn it yeah. around. You can't, you can't have uh, de-escalation training without reforming the system so that yes. emphasis is put on de-escalating the system. Because the way it's set up yep. right now, that emphasis will never get put on there. Right. Non-lethal, non-lethal tactics. Uh, there's been a lot of lethality. Again, people getting shot in the face with rubber bullets. Um. Okay, if that was a, and these are bullets, they're not killing a lot of people, but just imagine that wasn't rubber. You're dead. And you don't, and now you don't have an eye. You don't have an eye anymore. But yeah, right. no, absolutely, no. I, I, I think you and I are in a hundred percent agreement on that. Well, we found something to agree on, so that's good. No, uh, why? Just because I think coronavirus is one of the biggest frauds perpetrated on people. That's, come on. Not the virus, uh, def- the reaction. Yeah, I definitely can't get down with you on that. Uh, more on our after show when we come back. And now into our VIP after show program. And yet again, I forget to tell the people listening live where you can find our after show. Nah. This doesn't do any well, good now. It's too late now. <laughs> yeah, I, I did it again. No, you know, um, with the Corona thing, I hope I, I have to hope I'm right because if I'm wrong, guess what that means? It means a whole hell of a lot of people are going to die. Uh, again, uh, the experts said when these when this first started out, it's going to look like there was a lot of overreacting if we do it correctly and flatten this curve, and that's pretty much what's been going on. That the original initial outbreak got flattened because there was very early instant reactions and let's shut down. It, it wasn't, it wasn't as instant as it should have been. It really should have been even uh, swifter than it was, honestly. Uh, Which is, because, I mean, well, I mean, the amount of fourth foreknowledge that would have been, I mean, when we shut down, we, we shut down the country at virtually a point when there were hardly any cases at all. And and I wish that was true. I really do. Really tiny. With the shutdowns, like in March, mid-March, like the cases in the United States were hardly any by mid-March. Like the, the tested cases. That's the problem. We didn't have the testing. We don't know. It's all anecdotal at that point. And then as they ramped well, up the testing, the numbers started to spike. Right, but when this all started, when when you did start to 
get more widespread testing and you saw what was going on that should have really started to shut down then, but there were still a whole lot of people. Well, it's not quite that big a deal. If if you look at the the countries that did shut down as soon as they started getting first whiff of all of this stuff, a lot of those countries, they're fine now. They're they're playing baseball in Korea right now because they without fans, without fans, but they're still playing. They they can't even get on that page and do that right now in in, in Major League Baseball. Yeah, so that's money. That's money. A lot of money worries there with the league union and the players. So the, so the, so the thing is, is it's like you're making a point, but you're making my point at the same time. So you're making both points. I love it. I love it when we can agree and disagree at the same time, because your point is, is this is a huge crisis and we reopened things before we were ready. But all the same people who were telling everybody that we're not ready and you need to stay home are the ones who are, condoning and supporting and not saying anything against the protests. Not against, like, don't protest, but like, people, you're going to kill your grandma and you're not flattening the... We're not hearing any of the... Nobody's getting chastised for a public health crisis like they were when somebody would go jogging a month ago. Jogging. Or a guy cut somebody's hair and the cops arrested him where now we're at the point where you can have 50,000 people all gathering and everybody's in, you know, and it, it, it's, there's a movement and this is, this is the, it's all about the change, but just you kind of see where I'm going, where it's, they're talking out of both sides of their mouth. I mean, if the point is, is that we're not through this yet, but we're going to not only allow, but encourage and condone the things that are going on in the country you're putting people's health at risk. All I can say to that is what, what would they, what would you have them do? You, you got hundreds of thousands of angry people protesting every oh, right. day for the last 10 days, 12, 14 days, however long it's been. Uh, I, I would be surprised if, if Lori Lightfoot or, or de Blasio no, they've stood been, up and, and said, I haven't heard a word out of Lori Lightfoot other than begging Walmart not to leave Chicago. But if they stood up in the middle of that anger and said, by the way, y'all make sure you wear your masks out there. We got to still stay safe and all this, this anger about uh, black lives not mattering. Make sure you still keep those masks on. I, I don't think they want to, number one, I don't think they want to take away from the message. And number two, I don't think they want the political uh, blowback of trying to tell angry people what to right. do right now. And you and I don't have that. You and I don't have that burden (laughs) obviously so it's easy to armchair quarterback this right but you can present a message if you're a leader you can present a message to people that you're protesting because lives matter your life matters don't go waste it and get sick (laughs) and and be unsafe and spread a disease right I, i mean or, or a virus. I mean, there's a way that you can frame an, a, and it's, I'm not the guy that, you know, it's above my pay grade, but there's some way that you can, this is where Trump fails because he could, he should be the person giving that message. Right. Yeah. But anyone looking for Trump for leadership is, is a I'm just saying this one. is what your president, now let's just use a blanket statement. This is what your president would normally do because the president is transcendent of local politics and he's supposed to be the person looking out for everybody in the big picture, 
he's not doing that. So, yes, we will both admit that he's not doing it, but I'm just saying that this is the point where that person would be the person to to make that statement, uh, which is the other thing with, with Black Lives Matter, with the movement itself, that I have really noticed is it's a, it's a bit of a rudderless ship. And what I mean by that is it, 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 it doesn't – there's no leader. There's no – Structure. So it is. It is a mob right now. It is a mob of people across the country, and I don't mean mob in a bad way. You know what I mean? It is. It is groups of protests, but there's a lot of varying ideas. There's no framework, you know. So you've got somebody abolish the police, defund the police. It's not the same until everybody apologizes. All this. So there's so like the goalposts. You can't even say the goalposts move. There's 50 goalposts, right? So it, there's there's lack of focus, and this is also normally when you have somebody who's like, although every 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 positive, uh, most of the positive um, civil rights leaders, you know, all got murdered 50 years ago, right? Just the fact that the people that we still hold up as our civil rights leaders have been dead for 50 years should tell you something. Nobody wants to step up <laughs> because you're going to get hey, shot. You just answered um, your own question. Right. But that would take courage. Um, obviously, it would take, you know, the courage, you know, and obviously in today's era, I don't think it would be as easy. I don't think people are as ripe for falling for convenient assassinations as they were 50 years ago. When you have a person, white or black, who was on instrumental to civil rights, died within about a decade period, right? And you have both the Kennedys. We're big civil rights guys, right? You have, uh, you know, what? Jeez, let's let's just name them all. <laughs> you got King, Malcolm X, Medgar Evers, Fred Hampton. These guys are all dead in about a ten-year period. So the people, the facts that we're talking fifty to sixty years ago. These, this is what we're still we're still talking about Martin Luther King because, I mean, Jesse Jackson doesn't want to step up because he was standing next to Martin Luther King when he got shot. It's like, I'm, I'm not going. Oh, oh, I'm good. He's already seen. I'm good. Yeah, I'm good. I know what happens. So, but 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 do you see what my point about the, the 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 lack of focus? It's not a critique. It's just it's a point that there's so many like differing opinions about the way to get there. It's going to be really hard. It's like everybody agrees that there needs to be change, but there's no framework to what the change should be. So everybody's got a different idea. There's no, but there's no leader. There's no focus. It doesn't have to be one person or any one. You know, it, it, it's just there's there's no voice among the crowd that sort of stands out louder, which I guess would be a leader, um, who would also be a person. If you go to the the BLM side, who would basically be talking about public safety? Because public safety is a big deal right now, or is it? Or is it? Uh, is black lives. <clears throat> I guess black lives don't matter if you get the goop and die. They only black lives that, only matter if you get killed by a cop. That's not the point. No, that's not the point. That's why a lot of those protesters are wearing masks and, and protecting themselves. Right, many, um, many are. But yeah, I, I actually like the fact that Black Lives Matter doesn't have uh, this national face or force or, or, or that type of leadership. Uh, again, you answered uh, your own question. It will eventually emerge. The, you know, it's going to have to. It's going to have. It's going to have to. Eventually, it can't just be a nebulous thing forever. Well, 
it doesn't have to. I don't think. I think with the uh, advent of of social media, you're the the bane of your existence. Um, I think they're now not yours. Exist- not yours too. No, there's so much to learn out there if you if you follow smart people and if you uh, don't oh, get caught up in the read, in the garbage. I read, I read good things, but I am hypercritical of idiots. I think you know that. <laughs> I haven't suffered idiots well since I was a child either. Believe me, we're, I, we're absorb, in the same I absorb boat a lot of good information. I, I tried to be pretty well informed for this show, and I, I you know, and I, I've been following a lot of things more than I would have normally. It was, I think, the fact that I knew we were going to be talking about this. I have really been, I've been watching, I've been watching the behaviors of people and the behaviors of the police, and I'm seeing a lot of things, you know, and so I've tried to educate myself, but in the process of educating myself, I run across a lot of, uh, you know, buffoonery, douchebaggery uh, in the Twitterverse and the Facebook world and the Twitter, you know, just the, so you, you, I, I see a lot of things. And uh, I point them out. You, first of all, you can't point them all out because that'll that'll be all you do. No, we'd so have a whole it. show just about the idiots on Twitter if we wanted to. God, I, I don't save these tweets that I say. I should start screenshotting these to read some of them. Ugh. Oh, I, I can't. I, the, the really stupid stuff I have to scroll by, and I, and I definitely don't yeah. read comments below a lot of these tweets either because that's just <laughs> a trip to hell. I, I'll go down a few because. <laughs> The only time I'll go down a few is because if it's something like uh, like I did with the Drew Brees or with the the one with the uh, stop and the banning the chokehold. Yeah. And I just kept looking and looking and looking for the person who had the thought that I had and nobody ever had it. So that's why I made a post. So I try to be original when I post something. I'm not just going to be the – I'm not piling on. Right. So. But no, dude. There's a, there's a lot of good out there, uh, as you know, uh, for social media. And, and I think that's a, uh, the reason that you don't necessarily have to have uh, a Jesse Jackson or Martin Luther King right. uh, be the first person out there speaking. Because back in those days, in the 60s and the 70s, um, you, you weren't going to have much of a voice if you didn't stick your face out there and say something and get in front of those uh, microphones and, and cameras and get into newspapers. You weren't going to be heard. Whereas now everyone, unfortunately, for good and for better and for worse, everyone can can be heard if they speak uh, in a way that gets attention. I, I was going to say if they speak loud enough, uh, but it doesn't have to be very uh, intelligent. You can just if you find a way to get attention, you will be heard again for better or for worse. Right. Um, and, and and that's what social media has done for us now. So therefore, I don't believe Black Lives Matter for just using an, an example of a group that doesn't seem to have a, a face uh, to the, to the organization. I don't I don't think they they have to. I think when you have things like uh, the uh, mayor of Washington D.C. who's going to paint a, a huge Black Lives Matter on her streets just uh, as a, as a fu to to Donald Trump, uh, when you have sort of free. Uh, advertising like that and, and clear and obvious political pandering trying to get on the, the good side of history. Uh, when you have, you know, something like that, it's just completely uh, free and easy and you didn't ask for that. And, and she just did it for you just because uh, you don't need a, a leader. Uh, if you're going to have stuff like that happen, if you're going to have people uh, hold up your, your opinions and, and your, uh, your agenda for you, and you don't have to really go out there and do it. And besides that, the name Black Lives Matter is, is such a great name that you don't necessarily need somebody to say. Uh, let me ask you, the, the leader of Black Lives Matter, what is your point? What is your agenda? What is that? Um, 
Black Lives Matter. That's the point. That's the agenda. Let's let's not get uh, too caught up in the details. If we start acting like Black Lives Matter, then that will be the point of the group, and that's pretty self-explanatory, I believe. Okay. Yeah, and I you know, and people want to write Black Lives Matter on the streets of Washington as a middle finger to Trump. I I have Trump's out of this equation for me. This is a beyond Trump problem right now. You know, like racism and police brutality and systemic racism. And those did not begin on January 20th, 2017. That's off the table for me. Trump is a buffoon and he's acting like a fool and he's not helping his case. And he's probably helping to inflame things and bring out more people. But I'm not going to be the guy who's like, oh, this is all because of Trump. No, this isn't all because of Trump. People, you know, cops were murdering people when Obama was president and Clinton was president and Bush was president, both of them, and Reagan. This isn't new. So, again, like I said, they handed Trump the keys to the car. He crashed the car, but, you know, somebody still had to build the car, paint the car, put the engine in the car. It, it was ready to go. Um, so, yeah, maybe Trump is the ugly face and what people don't like, but I, I'm not going to – none of this began, like – Corruption in Washington didn't begin the moment that Trump was elected president. Racism didn't begin the moment that Trump was elected president. He hasn't acquitted himself, and, and he's not being a good leader. But I, I, that's why I don't, we haven't even talked about him much because it's to me it, he's doing terrible things. But he's a non-factor in the equation of what people are trying to fix. Yeah, and I don't talk talk about him because he was a joke before he, when he announced that he was a candidate for presidency, it was a joke and it's been nothing but a joke ever since. So what's to talk about? Yeah. Well, there's a whole lot of reasons. I mean, he beat career politicians at their own game. I mean, everybody, I don't think he's an idiot. I've never been a person who's been like, don't, you know, that's why I, when I said that I don't think it's an automatic that he's gone. I wasn't saying that as a, you know, like this is a good thing. That's more of like a warning. Like people who are dancing on his grave and think it's this fait accompli that he's gone in November, do not just underestimate this guy. It's not like he's not going to, you know, I don't think it's going to be like a shenanigans thing. Who knows? There's a, these guys are all dirty. Democrats, Republicans, they all pull shenanigans. I just am saying that don't underestimate what can happen between now and November with, you know, public sentiment. Or things, you know, things changing. And while, you know, this guy looks like he's been down how many times and he's gotten back up again. So don't, I don't want people to like, don't celebrate too soon. Don't be the, don't be Leon Lett. <laughs> okay. Because <laughs> Trump, Don Beebe, Don Beebe's coming up behind you. <laughs> so, you know, I'm just, that, that's what I said that. It's not like, oh, I, I just, I'm not sitting here like hoping he wins. I don't like either choice in the fall. I, I, I am so disappointed with what the Democrats were able to do. And, and this was like, ugh, don't even get me started. Well, I mean, it should, have been, it should be a slam dunk. It should just be an automatic, right? And I don't think it's an automatic. I don't think, I, I think Joe Biden is a very flawed candidate that Trump's going to pound into the ground um, any chance he can. And the people who eat that shit up are still going to vote for him when well, it just becomes I'm... one-on-one, when it just becomes a one-on-one, a mano-a-mano, you know, do you, do you trust Joe Biden? 
Of course not, but where I'm sitting is not not as a politician or as a person. I'm just saying, do you trust him to be the guy to knock out Donald Trump? That, that's my point. There is no guy to knock out Donald Trump. Donald Trump was a complete fucking joke from the moment he first <laughs> announced. He should have never won anyway. So it doesn't matter who. And he should have won twice. The that's the point I'm making. That's the point I'm making. It doesn't matter. People want Trump. That moron. Because he sounds like them. Because they're morons. So they all they all deserve each other. <laughs> so I, I, that's why I wash my hands with the whole thing. So that's why even with all the stuff that's going on right now, he could pull, he could play his games, and he could he could do what he's going to do, and he can bunker himself and play whatever. History will pass him by, and this change can happen without him. And that's all going to be fine, but I'm not – there's a lot of people, and some people, and I, I'm sure you see them online, who pretend like all the problems in this country just started when Donald Trump got elected president. And those are the people that I cannot stand at all. Like, they, like the people who slept through the eight years of Obama and like Obama's a saint while Freddie Gray and, and Eric Garner and, and oh, God, uh, Trayvon Martin, all that happened. Right. Yeah, there's Baltimore, a small difference Ferguson. in their reactions to, to those things. Yeah. I'm not saying yeah. the way Obama reacted, but I'm saying these things were happening. So this is this was the spark that lit the match. That's all this was. Trump might have added fuel to the fire, but at some point, you could not have asked for conditions like what we had with everything going on in the country, with the economy in the tank and people out of work. I've already – just everything that happened, you know, a goofball in the White House. You couldn't have asked for anything more than what what, what happened if you were somebody who wanted things to change and see the things like you're seeing with everybody out there, white, black, Asian, Latino, man, woman, everything, right? The people, it, yeah. it's not, this is not just black people out in the street. And that's got to be what everybody wants to see. This is a change. It, it is a, uh, it is a change. It is uh, maybe the, one of the most, uh, diverse and, and all-encompassing all uh, protests uh, that we've seen maybe in our lifetime. Uh, I, I do not remember seeing this many people. There, there's so many, and, and, and social media a lot to do with that, being able to get uh, these messages out to mm-hmm. communities and, and neighborhoods that may not have uh, had a voice, may not have known what was exactly what was going on. Uh, yeah. may not have known as quickly what was going on. Uh, there were a thousand us... people out protesting in my town today. Yeah, and that's part of uh, the, the that's, that's part yeah. of the good of, of social media. Yeah. To me, is part getting that message. You, uh, part, part you of have found it. the silver lining <laughs> in the Twitterverse. I, could, I salute you, sir. It's not all bad. They're not all bad apples no, on it's social not media. It's, it's fine. <laughs> See what I did there? <laughs> you still have managed to find that silver lining. I'll, I'll make all those uh, the, the the bad apples people. The, there's just a few bad apples in the police department. I'll make all those people apple pie. Yeah, and, and they can come to my house and I'll I'll bake it for them and everything. Now there may be a few bad apples in the apple pie that I make, but that's they can't complain about that, right? It's only oh, a few I, I had apples. to wait. I had to I had to wait till the after show 
to tell the worst joke I might ever tell on this show. Do you know what kind of setup that is? That is, you talk about some pressure. Holy fuck. Okay. Are you ready? I've told this several times. All right. It's not racial, so don't worry. I'm I'm safe. (laughs) The secret race, just nope, suppressing the secret racism. Um, So my sister and everybody who you know on Memorial Day, right, posts their Facebook, their virtue signaling Facebook post about, don't forget what Memorial Day is all about, right? And my sister, my sister puts one out there and it's a picture of the widow laying on the grave of her, I'm assuming like dead soldier husband. And just because I have a sick mind, you know what the first thought I had was? Oh boy. What? At least they're staying six feet apart. Good night, everybody. That'll be it for today. That was bad. That that was. was I told that one to a marine. I I told that to one of the guy who was a marine, (laughs) and he laughed. So I know that joke would fly on the air. (laughs) Well, that that he didn't beat my ass. He didn't beat my ass. He was like, "That's pretty funny." (laughs) He's like, "Oh, you got to make a meme out of that." I'm like, "Ah." No, <laughs> you know, put the put the like the put the Dr. Fauci approves down at the bottom with the thumbs up. Yeah, I don't I don't think you want to go there. I don't think it, then you'd really have a problem with social media if you did that. Yeah, then every the other one every I thought of was, after you. the other one I thought of was that you have the picture of like Fauci and Burke standing at the podium going, everybody needs to stay six feet away this Memorial Day, and then show the graveyard, and it just says, "We got this." <laughs> That, that would also be uh, inviting. A, a, I'm sure there's a, a, a website or a, a couple of different follows on Twitter that would just, it would be perfect for you. It'd be right up your alley. There'd be jokes just like that. Look, and you'd, you'd be, it'd be, your, it'd be like you, you have brothers that you didn't know you had. It's, it's a bit tasteless, but it's funny. People, <laughs> you laugh because it's funny. I'm not making fun of something. It's funny. You can still have a sense of humor, I, which is debatable whether you can still have a sense of humor anymore, but. I still try to have a sense. If you don't laugh right now, you will just cry. That's just blatantly obvious, right? I always try to keep a, a sense of humor about things. I, I, I don't yeah. have quite as dark a sense as you do, but... I, that was pretty uh, dark. That was my first thought. Like, hey, we're staying six feet apart, right? All good. That's what yeah, we've been that, told. That's... Just social distancing. <laughs> and that's, that's pretty dark, all right. Um, but yeah, it's it's been... Uh, this, this whole year, really, 2020, when you think about it, it's just, I, there's no, we never it's thought we'd experience something like this. It is an assault. It is an assault just on your mind. And, and, you know, I think it proves how resilient people are. You know, if you would have told me January 1st that, that any of this would have happened, like we're going to have riots and protests. Now, if you would have told me cops were going to keep killing people, I would have believed you. Um, that part I would have believed. Um, the, the coronavirus and the I mean, shutting everything down for nine weeks. I was going to be out of nine. I was going to be my kid's teacher for nine. You know, I mean, it, I would have believed none of that. No, and all of my did we start uh, the year with Australia on fire. Uh, I, I believe we did. That, that's that's a long time ago. Uh, you think about Kobe Bryant dying? Look, how long like ago that was? Ago. 
Right. Five months ago. Feels like 14 years ago that Kobe Bryant died. It feels like 20 years ago that Australia was on fire. That, that uh, Kobe thing would have been like right before the shutdowns, right? Uh, maybe a Not month. Not that long. Before. Maybe a month. Yeah. No, it's a month is just like the way things are going right now. It's like a day. Like you and I could do this show tomorrow night and have an hour and a half to two and a half hours of content. And that's with no sports still. So let me ask you, because my answer is still no. Do you miss sports that bad right now? Not that bad. No, I I think think we had similar um, experiences. And I haven't changed. So do you think there's people like us? Do you think these sports leagues are going to have trouble? Like, do I care that Dak Prescott gets $40 million right now? No. (laughs) Don't care. if you're ESPN, you have to pretend you care because if you don't, then you don't have any point to exist. No, I understand that, but with all the stuff going on, that's probably not things people want to hear. They don't, you know, the, all the inequality and injustice. It's like I said, it's like it's what's really like you hear baseball players like we're not taking a pay cut. Uh, we're listening to you millionaires fight over millions of dollars, and you got people squabbling to get their six hundred dollar pay tech protection program checks. Yeah, and that's why the owners can fuck over the players uh, like that because they know the public will blame the players anyway, so it doesn't even matter. Well, yeah, oh, it's um, it's definitely there's guilt on both sides. I think we agree about that. No, the the players already took a, a haircut, and the reason they're not playing baseball or getting ready for baseball now is because the owners want them to take more of a haircut. They already took one. They already agreed to to a, to a pay cut, and the owners are want, are trying to just tear that up and say, well, now we we want to take more from you because we we got less people that are going to be in the stands, and we didn't anticipate that. And instead of just taking that hit because we're the owners of the team and we should take that hit, we, we want to spread that out to you. We want to make you players take that loss too with us, even though uh, we have all this money that we come uh, across, uh, for instance, with the, uh, the BAM tech, uh, with all the millions of dollars they sold that for. Uh, they didn't give that to the players. They don't cut them in on the profits, but boy, they want to take those those cuts away when they think they're going to lose some some revenue. Uh, so no, this is not actually on the players at all. This is the owners just being dicks and, and knowing that they can get away with it because the public will just blame the players. Uh, it, it's awful. Um, and I don't know if that's going to be uh, resolved at all because they're so far apart right now. It feels like the players, I, I think the last thing I read was they wanted something close to an 80 game season, 81 games, something like that. And the owners want to shave it down all the way to like 49 or 50, uh, just trying to have as few days as possible for the regular season because they believe they're going to lose money for every regular season game because they're not going to have as many uh, people in the stands or they're not going to have any people in the stands at all. Uh, They just want to expand the playoffs. They just want to take it back on the, on the back end, on the playoff end, and just make more playoff games because, as you know, the playoff games mean revenue, and that's why there's more and more playoff games, which makes uh, the regular season that much more meaningless as far as I'm concerned. I, I, I really don't like the, the additional playoff games in baseball. But, uh, but that's where the impasse is right now is the, the owners are – they already – this is the, the, the point. This is – the owners made a proposal already when this shit started in February or March. They already – said to the players here, this is going to be, the season is not going to start on time. We're canceling spring training. We're canceling this. We're canceling that. 
here's a contract for this revised version of 2020, whatever it's going to be. And you're going to take this much of a pay cut. And the players union signed that already. Tony Clark uh, and the, and the union already agreed to that. The owners are now coming back and saying, we want to tear that up. We're going to start even later than we thought we were. And we want to take more money from you. And that doesn't have to happen. The owners are billionaires. They don't have to do that. Did you hear about, uh, uh, was it Oakland or Washington? I think it was Washington. Uh, the ownership in, in D.C., they, there was a $400 a week stipend for the minor yeah. leaguers, and they wanted to cut that down to 300 a week. Can you imagine having billions of dollars and wanting to take $100 a week from the minor leaguers? Like, who does that? What kind of awful people want to do that? But this is what we're dealing with when we talk about owners. This is all yeah, I, I think this is this is this is a problem. You know, even you know, and I've pointed this out. And I've had conversations at my work with people about this. That there's more than like even with the with the protests, there's not just a racial element to this. There's a class element to this. Well, that's, that's always there. And you know, with income inequality, and you know. You know, with a, like what it was 50 years ago and then 20 years ago and now where you have, you know, people working for scraps and then the CEOs of these companies make like 5,000 times more than the, the line person uh, where it never used to be that. No, I'm not saying that the person who owns and runs a company and invests in their business and puts up all the risk shouldn't make more money, but how much is enough? You know, and and just I many millions like stimulus, a, a, a like minute is blatant, Bezos making the blatant ripoff of the stimulus of giving everybody some money and then transferring all the wealth to all the corporations, um, which was not touched upon at all outside of independent media. If you're aware, I'm sure you're aware. I saw it touched upon by by a lot of the smart people that I follow on social media. And if I didn't follow them, I wouldn't have really known about it. But not touched upon by your alphabet soup. Nope. uh, They're not going to be talking about that on Fox. On either side of the – no, they they weren't talking about that on CNN or MSNBC or C-SPAN or any of those either. Um, So – yeah, it was it was it, it, it that's because that ups because the people who are getting all this money, you know, because if we say that CNN and MSNBC lean Democrat and Fox leans Republican, the people who are getting all this money were both, and that's why the system is so crooked because <laughs> it's not just Democrat and Republican; it's literally elite and us, <laughs> and that's what it's become. Mm-hmm. And there's an element yeah, to that, I think, in these protests. Sure, definitely. Um, and, and that's where it's uh, incumbent on us to be smarter and be better, because they'll, they'll slip that in. CNN will maybe have a story about that, and it'll be they'll, – they'll send out 700 tweets a day, and that'll be one of them. And all they'll, the others yeah, will be – It'll get glossed. You know, they'll gloss it over. They'll bury yeah, it. Yeah, they'll, they'll, they'll flip it in there, and it's up to you yeah. to sort of dig and find it. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, nobody really harped on it or, or talked much about it. That, that's true. It's like if any if anything would ever happen in Washington, like if the president was going to do something even mildly controversial, they'd always do it on Friday afternoon. Everyone knows about the the the, the Friday afternoon dump now, the news dump. Yeah, and that's, but that's not just a new thing. People are just no. more aware of it. 
Right. People are just. It's also harder to do now because social media and yeah, I'm not not saying that social media is the devil. Uh, Whatever one step above the devil is, (laughs) it might be that. It's not all bad because there's a lot of good independent voices out there. I consider myself a fairly free thinker. I consider my political views. Both, I, I've I have views that go both sides, you know. But I, I think for myself, um, you know, I'm not all one side or the other. I, we've had that conversation before, like you know, the people who the, the, that 80 percent of the country that's stuck between the far right and the far left that you know it's sort of lost in the wilderness because you don't have a major media outlet that talks to the, the people in the middle. They just they talk to the loonies on the all the way on one side or all the way on the other side. They talk to the people that's going to get them ratings. Yes. Those people are not me or you. No. Well, no. and, and the, the the normal person isn't sitting there waiting for their news on on, on television. They're they're not anymore. Many... Or or the right. New York Times or the Washington Post. Who's reading newspapers? Not not certainly a lot less than there there used to be. Yeah, uh, but everybody saw that coming once the internet came along. Oh yeah. We're old enough to remember when the internet first came along. Print is dead. Yeah, yeah, and, and it was it was dying at that moment, and, and a slow, painful death. And then I see an interesting news article I want to read, and I click on it, and then it's the website of a newspaper that wants me to pay for it. I don't read it. <laughs> yeah, I I wish there was a, a better way uh, to get quality journalism, but um, one of the smart people I follow, the baseball writer Joe Sheehan. Uh, brought a great point. Like I, I just can't subscribe to fifty fucking newspapers. I can't just because there's no. one writer each paper that I like. I can't go around doing that. I don't have that kind of time or money. So that right. you know, and uh, the Athletic was doing a, a pretty good job of aggregating the type of talent that I would want to read, and I was actually considering subscribing to them. But then this pandemic hit, and now they've just released a whole bunch of people, so they're going back to square one. So uh, uh, yeah, back to. Uh, the, the the situation of we we don't have we we know what we want to do we know we want to do quality journalism but we just don't have the funds to to bring in the type of quality journalists to do that and so you're with, now at that point you're risking turning into the new deadspin which I don't know if you've given that any kind of uh, look see uh, recently well, but you've talked about on the show before like what a trash pile it's gone to since the it's owner of the original garbage guy. now. Yes, they they took the originals. Uh, they brought in some new ownership who didn't like the fact that the uh, very ta- <clears throat> very talented staff that was in place built up a reputation based on we don't talk about all sports, we don't stick to sports, we we talk about whatever the hell is relevant right, right now. Uh, sure. They didn't like that. Yes, very much like our show. And they didn't like that and, and basically had a, a power struggle and, and forced them all out. And now there's a whole new staff at Deadspin, and it's basically guys trying to write like Deadspin. And that's not good. It's, they're, they're not writing Deadspin-type so like stuff. They're trying like Deadspin. They're trying to emulate. They're trying to be like – so it's like, a, it's like a carbon copy that's not quite a good one. Yes, it's, it's guys trying to be irreverent and witty and, and go off the cuff, and uh, they're not good at it. They're just, they, they might, they, yeah, they might get good at it with practice, but right now they're not, and, and I'm not uh, inclined I, to give them it, any kind of reading. It sounds like to me your more modern day, like, sports center guys. 
who are basically just trying to copy, you know, Dan Patrick and Keith Olbermann or copy Stuart Scott. Like, these are the guys who watched these guys when they were kids, so the best they can do is now try to be a cheap imitation of those guys instead of being their own guy. Are you talking about the guys? Oh, like yeah. That? Yeah. A little bit. Uh, That's what it reminds yeah. me of, because every time if I watch Sports Center, it's like I'm watching somebody who is trying to copy somebody else's shtick. It's like you're stealing their uh-huh. jokes. No, I, I I see the 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 similarities there definitely, um, and then the political angle uh, that's on ESPN too because that plays a part as well because the whole Deadspin thing is 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 pretty much political. It's all about the new ownership didn't like the yeah. uh, the the politics that the that the guys injected into their writing even though they were good at it because they're very talented writers, and ESPN didn't like the politics that some of their also are interjecting. So now those people are gone, the Jamel Hill and Michael Smith, those uh, people. And now those new people that they brought in, they're trying to be woke white. They're trying to interject a, a little bit of <laughs> politics here and there, but they can't go too heavy because they know if they do, they're going to wind up on the street like, like the other guys before them. So right. there's that, there, there's that element as well that you, you're walking on eggshells a little bit there at ESPN, which is another reason why I can't really watch it because I know there's very, very few people there, if any, who are giving their actual, real, unvarnished opinion on things. They're they're trying to make sure they don't go over the line, uh, and you know they're trying not to get fired. They're trying not to lose their paycheck, which I understand, but that that's not compelling TV to watch. Uh, so it's you know either that or you're going to just keep watching uh, you know uh, screaming a Smith do his shtick, and I, and I definitely uh. don't want to do that. Right, but that you know, we the ship had sailed for ESPN a long time ago. It stopped being about the sports, and it became about the sports, like the analysis, the opinion. Right, first in pizza, or was it first in Negro, or whatever? You know, all the all the things that we called it. You know, black guy, white guy, female moderator. Um, yep. It stopped being about like highlights and achievement, and it became more about opinion versus fact. It's ESPN is the sports equivalent of Fox and MSNBC and CNN. You don't actually get news; you get a a spun version of news. You get yeah, news through their filter. You get a filtered version of somebody's news, and it's, you're going to get the the Democrat spin or the Republican spin or the you know liberal or conservative. You're going to get the spin version where you can see the same news story on three different networks and swear you're not seeing the same news story. Yeah. Unfortunately, once the ratings started coming in for first and Negro and, and they found out that, Oh, people are actually watching this instead of the highlights. That's when the, uh, the, the flip became because it's all about the money. So once they figured out that's what's making the money, that's what's getting the viewership. That's where the emphasis went, unfortunately. So we're hundred and thirty. <laughs> 541 minutes into the show. We haven't really talked about sports. So sports, 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 sportsy, sports, sports, sports. What's going on Yay, in sports? sports? Yay, sports. Um, so we kind of talked about the – yeah, I was going to say, we kind of talked about the baseball and where they are right now and, and why they're possibly not going to yeah. have a, a season at all. Uh, the NBA – looks like they're going to put together sort of a basketball island over uh, down in Orlando. It's okay. I guess it's a really nice complex down there. Um, I was, 
more of the opinion that you just froze the playoffs and started the playoffs. I don't know if I'd have a problem with that either, uh, except they for twenty-two team thing. Um, yeah. I, it, when I heard about the twenty-two team thing, I became more of the opinion of okay, if this is really only to shake out your eight through eleven, right? In each conference, it's basically all we're trying to determine is the bottom seeds. Then what's the what's the advantage of having the top seeds playing other than playing practice? I mean, you could almost have them like practicing and exhibitions and stuff if you just want to have like a, they could have done something simple, a play-in tournament, a round-robin thing to eliminate and figure out who the eighth seed was going to be, almost like the you know your NCAA tournament, have a play-in game. I, I, but if you're like the Bucks. And no matter how many games, if they play eight, no matter how many games they play, your number one seed, there's not a lot of incentive for you to go out there and ball out. Well, uh, I think the incentive is that that's exactly what I was going to say. I think that's the incentive is this is this system, the talking about practice, man. Not Uh, the game. Nope. Talking about practice. Do we have that drop? I, I don't think I have that either. I got to work on that. I got to get Alan Iverson. I got to find an air horn. I'll look. I've found drops over the time, so I'll I'll look for those. I found the dun-dun-dun one you could never find. (laughs) That's right. I didn't didn't know what the hell you possibly put in the search to find that. But, uh, yeah, I've been looking for that for years. (laughs) You didn't put that in. Is that what you searched? Yes. Really? <laughs> yes. So that's that. Well, you're smarter than me then, because I would have never thought to do that. <laughs> so stupid, it worked. <laughs> <laughs> it's just so stupid, it just might work. Um, yeah, I think that yeah. plan uh, for basketball is I really do think that's the incentive behind it is to make sure that you don't have LeBron and Antetokounmpo uh, uh, and those guys trying to start a playoff series completely cold after not playing any ball right. for three or four see months. How many, see how many like uh, Achilles we tear, you know? Oh, man, yeah. Blown out knees and everything. Yeah, oh, yeah. Just, yeah, like like blowing shins. Yeah, I I was just of the opinion that we could have like an exhibition run, and you could even have brought all the teams back to have like a bit of an exhibition thing going on. But the the playoffs were just already set. Let's just, let's do a week or two of some exhibition, and let these teams get their practice in, and then start the playoffs. There's also an element of. It's all about the money. There's an element of uh, the more teams you get involved, the more the more cities uh, pay attention, and, and the more uh, eyeballs. Uh, just you, you got cities that maybe a game out just on the outside looking in. Uh, this affects here in Memphis actually. Uh, the Grizzlies, I believe, are in at eight at the moment, but outside, right on the outside looking in, and and maybe a game or so back is the, the, the team and the players specifically that the NBA would really love to be in instead of the Grizzlies, which is Zion Williamson and the Pelicans. So yeah. that's another reason to do that. Is to NBA, give... Who would you rather have in the playoffs? That's a, that, that's a no-brainer. Obviously, you want Zion in there. So right. uh, 
So there, there's there's reasons, and we all know what those reasons are. Could it be money? <laughs> You know it. Do you know how many times through all this protest stuff with somebody putting up something, I just want to keep posting? You saw the one that I posted with, you know, Vince McMahon sniffing the money. You could put that response to every argument on Twitter right now. Pretty much. It literally is money. The answer is always money. The answer to every Um, question is money. Yeah, I mean, in basketball, they're leveraging against – I think basketball is playing too long. I don't like the season going into October, and then they're turning these guys back around in December. Um, they've had they've, – you know, if the argument is, well, you guys have had a, you know, three-month vacation for – you know, that's that's fine. And these guys are all pro athletes, and we don't want to lose these guys for, for how long. But I would have had a shorter run and not necessarily played into October – and then turn this back around to a shortened uh, 2021, uh, 2020, 2021 season. But that's fine. And they're leveraging against baseball not being around. They might even be leveraging against football not being around. So I think basketball has been the smart one here, and they're sort of striking while the iron's hot. They also had the benefit of, you know, most of their season was concluded when this all stopped. I mean, it was almost right. playoff anyways. Yeah, they this came right in the middle of their regular season, so they're the ones yeah. that had the uh, sort of tougher decisions and trying to figure out how yeah. to handle this and and what to do. So I don't have any problem with what the decisions that they have made and what's going forward in the future. And I also don't have uh, wouldn't have had a problem if they went in other directions. Anything that you just brought up, I wouldn't have had a problem with any of that either. I think uh, there's a very very tough situation that they got put in, and and I don't. Yeah really have a problem with any uh, direction that they've gone right uh, right this moment. And all the stuff that I said about not missing sports, I am going to watch. Sure. So We're sports fans. I'm not, I'm not saying, you know, I, I, I'm not going to watch it if it's on. But what I'm saying is it's like it hasn't impacted my life. My life's not over. Well, you because, definitely, you're the father of two young children. So, of course, it's never going to do have distractions. <laughs> I have things to keep me occupied. Raising a five and an eight year old um, that are that you, very strong willed little kids. <laughs> <laughs> They're my kids, my wife's kids. Would you expect any different? Um, so, yes, dealing with that in the daily, you know, and work and life and, you know, and sports always sort of was like, you know, the thing that you could always kind of like run to or escape to. It not being there right now just means I spend more time on those other things. So I'm okay with that. Do I, do I miss watching Cubs games? Yeah. My daughter's, I think my daughter's more wrecked than I am right now. <laughs> that girl wears Cubs stuff like every day. I'm living in the middle of Wisconsin, yeah. Yeah. My son got a Brewer's hat today. I told him I was going to throw it in the fire. <laughs> do that. Yeah, well, we have a team, you know, we have a propane tables in the back that didn't we roast marshmallows and stuff on? I told Grant we were going to throw his hat. <laughs> not nice. My daughter, the cute factor, immediately goes, do it, do it. <laughs> She's a Cubs fan, so she understands. <clears throat> My son also does understand, though, that I am sort of, the Brewers don't offend me. Not like the Cardinals do. You know, like the, the, the Cubs and the Brewers have a much more recent rivalry. And not really a hatred. I don't hate the Brewers. I sort of just don't care. 
you weren't even in the same league uh, 30 years yeah, ago. Yeah, 98. So I sort of have this, like, ambivalence to them, you know. It's just like, yeah, indifference, well, whatever. It's the Brewers. So I almost like, I don't really, you know, they, they always play good games against each other, but I don't have that, like, that hate, you know. Right. It's like you have, like, if you're a Cubs fan, like, for the Cardinals or for the, the you know, the Padres or, you know, the 84, you know, the, the Mets, like, it's the Brewers. Eh. <laughs> yeah. I'm, sure I'm sure the White Sox, you know, the White Sox have their hated, like, they have the Twins. We hate the Twins. Yeah, the, in, the, in the Indians. The Indians, uh, you know, <clears throat> and the Tigers, like, that whole division hates it, like, hates everybody. <laughs> right. Pretty but you didn't all of a sudden have a team from the National League just get dropped. You didn't. You, know, you didn't have the the Giants just get dropped into your division thirty years ago. You go, eh, it's the Giants. Eh, whatever. No, we had the Brewers get removed, which we were happy about because we didn't like the Brewers either. Um, oh, that's right. There you go. And you were talking a little bit about your uh, sports that and how little that you have missed it and and I have the sort of similar uh, feelings about it. And without getting too sappy, I just wanted to say that uh, my feelings about sports have always been, I don't know if I've ever said this out loud publicly, but like before I met my wife, which would be, let's see, 14 years ago, I believe. uh, It's been a while. Yeah. (laughs) I just had had my ninth anniversary. And then I'll have my ninth anniversary in October. Uh, but yeah, as far as meeting her and dating her, same year. Mm-hmm. And I told you, you're gonna get married before me because uh, we we had such right. crazy uh, situation as far as who was gonna move where and who was gonna do what. But yeah. anyway, uh, so yeah, that was uh, 2006. So 14 years ago. Uh, that uh, that we first met and started dating, and before her, all the drama as far as women goes, and and you know about it, and, and I definitely don't have time to get into all that. But no, I, yeah, exactly. But my feeling about sports was, hey, trying to find girls and and trying to get get with girls, and and all the rejection and failure that I had. As a as a kid, as a teenager, as a, as a young adult, sports was always there. Girls weren't, you know. I, I did not have much success in that department, but sports was. I always was able to come home to a baseball game. I was always able to come home to football in the on Sundays uh, during football season, um, you know, and basketball and whatnot. <clears throat> so sports was always something that I looked at as, hey, you know what. Whenever I do meet a, a woman, I, I can't get it. I can't get too serious. I can't take her uh, too seriously. I can't get too wrapped up because they're they're, they're crazy. They treated me terrible. Uh, one of them sent me to the psych ward, et cetera. But sports is always there for me, and and you know sports is, will always be here for me. Well, guess what? It's 2020, and sports ain't here for me. And if I were still single and had to deal with this, I probably would be dealing a lot worse than I am. But I'm in the same boat with you that I don't miss it nearly as much as I thought I would. And I want to give a lot of that credit to my wife, who is, (coughs) excuse me, uh, 
way better than I could have imagined as a, as a life partner. She's uh, patient. She's intelligent. She's sweet. She's uh, all the things that I would have never thought I could have found in a wife because I didn't think I was uh, somebody that could attract that. But I, I do have that. I have that to come home to every day. I think that's a huge, huge reason why I don't need sports the way I thought I did. And if sports didn't come back this whole year, um, I would be okay because I'm I'm watching over my wife. I'm making sure she's okay. I'm helping her deal with the stress of everything that's going on. Um, and if she needs to be left alone, I'll, I'll leave her alone. But we we're, we help each other uh, deal with this stress and deal with everything that's happening. And that's a big reason for me uh, that I don't miss sports nearly as much as I thought I would because I was able to get lucky 14 years ago and meet somebody that makes me not have to have sports. So I just want to. It sounds say, like we have uh, similar reasons. Okay. I mean, obviously that's I've good. got kids, so I've got yeah. some extra reasons. So, but that's, you know, between with the wife and kids, that, that is what's filling in a lot of that time. Exactly. It makes you realize yeah. what you were filling things in with. Right. Yeah, I think both of us, uh, 15 years ago, if this would have happened, we would have been like, oh. Oh, my, yeah. Well, we, and we didn't have a <laughs> podcast or a blog. I mean, we would have just been mm-hmm. talking, oh, God, what am I going to do? <laughs> we call each other every weekend, oh, what are you doing now? Um, but we'd always have video game sports. That Well, that would be a, a big thing that we'd be filling in with. You know me. Right. I would that have would my have been own your season crutch. going anyway. You would have had a yeah. season going, and you would have been there religiously every day, playing your game. Every day. And I'd be making fun of you about <laughs> your players, not making fun of you personally. Like, I'd be you know, talking about, we'd be, because we'd be talking about like our, our fake players and Ramon Baez and Eli Fortner, <laughs> Spark and Press, <laughs> and all the guys that we've had, uh, you know. <laughs> Nicknames for that we completely made up that we've carried on through into real life, which is even funnier. <laughs> the guys that no. real, we gave nicknames to in the video game, we then called them that for real. Nobody knows who we're talking about except us. Nobody knows that Othella Harrington's nickname is Spark. <laughs> Nobody. He wishes he was that good that somebody actually thought of him as, as, a, as a Spark in real life. Bench. Dude lit it up. You turned it around every time Othella Harrington came into the game. It was un- uncanny. The the man knew that that fifteen foot left handed jumper. He hit it every time. It was incredible. So in the last few minutes, since it's a basketball theme, and I know you'll be shocked by this because it was a shutdown. You would have figured I had more time. I did manage to watch one episode of the Bulls documentary. Okay. And it was very good. So it made me want to see more. Um, just the nostalgia was what hooked me. And it wasn't so much because we were there for a lot of that. So we knew the story. It was the episode with Jordan's dad when he died. And we were, we, we, I mean, the highlights and the players, what I was really soaking up was the mid nineties Chicago nostalgia a lot. Mm -hmm. Seeing like the, 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 the sports casters and all the unidentified people, in the broadcast, but we knew them because we're Chicago guys, right? I'm like, oh, there's Marchie and Greco. Mm-hmm. Hey, there's and, John Kelly. Wow. Yeah, and I don't – did you watch it a lot of that same way too? Because I was watching it yeah. somebody watching a documentary about the Bulls. I was watching it as a as a Chicago guy. 
Yeah, and I think every single Chicago and Washington the, that same way is just like, flashing like, back to that that time in their lives that they lived through and and like we lived that. Yeah, yeah, I definitely I, I watched every episode by the way, um, and, and, and enjoyed it. Yeah, it it was it was really really good. Um, Jordan, uh, uh, you know, was in it and, and doing interviews, so he had to have some sort of approval to it. So it did read a little that. bit. Yeah, so it, it did come off. Yeah, came like off when a they little talked about, about the Bulls losing that season that he when he was gone, they completely mm-hmm. glossed over the uh, the whole point where they they had the Knicks beat until the U Hollins thing. Completely uh, ignored that. Yeah, they ignored that, and that was the big story in Chicago was the Trent Tucker. Uh, three pointer, and I was waiting for that because it was right at that point of the story. And then when they didn't talk about it, I'm like, okay, so you you played the part where Scottie Pippen's the villain, and he sat out in the game with Kukoc, and then you neglect to talk about the fact that Scottie Pippen got completely fucked out of going to an NBA Finals. Oh, okay, I see what you did there. <laughs> it wasn't a Scottie Pippen documentary; it was a Michael Jordan I documentary. I understand that, but it was the Last Dance, right? With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.